friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy. Hey guys, welcome back to Becoming Buffy. We are on season two, which I still cannot believe. I know. And even like right off the bat, um, something that Tabby and I both talked about, like the episodes, it's becoming more smooth and it's just moving like cleaner and you can tell like it's finding its its footing. Like it's mm-hmm. finding its yeah. way. It's starting to kind of get into a groove and it just like yeah. is becoming so much better which makes it so enjoyable to watch but also incredibly harder on our end to take notes we have to pause so many times yeah there's so much happening so much happening especially in this episode there's like facial expressions there's like small little comments here and there then they like jump into a different scene and you're like my goodness there's so much happening i need to (laughs) even in the time that it takes to get up and go pause something sometimes i've missed something Mm -hmm. like it's insane i was thinking about that last night um, I think, well, I haven't seen a ton of other Joss Whedon works, but specifically with Buffy, it's one of those shows that you really cannot tear your eyes away from. I will put on Buffy when I want to do something else. And I always end up not getting anything else done because I'm just standing there watching the episodes, even though I've mm-hmm. seen them so many times. Yeah. Honestly, this episode isn't as bad as I had it in my mind. Yeah. No, I actually really agree. I I remember this episode well because the Frankenstein metaphor is like singed in my mind. Yeah. And I just remember not being super fond of it. Like I just kind of remember being it's like, a lot oh, darker. you know, it's one of those episodes in season two that I like, but they're so much better. Mm-hmm. But then I rewatched it and I was like, there's actually a lot of really good things about this episode. There's a ton of different themes in this episode. Yeah. And it's like, actually, like, is it one of my favorites of season two? No. But do I think that watching it again gave me way more appreciation for it? Yes, like I actually really like. There's it. also a ton of character development that yeah. happens with like every yeah. character in this episode. I was like, dang, yep. I forgot that Giles and Jenny, yep. Angel and Buffy. Yep, there's just so much yep. that happens Which between characters. We should mention this is the non-spoiler section for our podcast. So if you have <laughs> not been here before, then we want to let you know now that this is a safe place. If you do not like spoilers, <laughs> uh, we will not spoil anything. We are talking only about. Any episode that has come up before this and the episode that we are currently on, Mm -hmm. nothing after that. But we do have a spoiler section called our Scooby Secrets that we will be talking about everything having to do with spoilers, anything having to do with Buffy or whatever. So if you don't care about spoilers or, you know, have seen the show before, then definitely stick around for that. And kind of what you guys were talking about earlier, this episode surprised me. Mm -hmm, Some assembly required. I remember not liking this episode very much, but going into this episode, and maybe it was just my low expectations, Mm -hmm. I've been pleasantly surprised. And let's face it, the villain for this episode is kind of meh. And maybe the underlying themes and stuff are not my favorite, but the character development and the comedy Mm -hmm. and Oh my goodness, the quotable lines in this episode. So much. I was laughing yeah. out loud and I've seen no, this Leah, so many Leah times. Leah and I were laughing. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about how many funny like lines there are. From Even, multiple characters yes. too. Like yes. in the past, it's usually been like one character is just feeling 
particularly funny that episode yeah and so they give him a lot of funny lines whereas like in this one it's like giles has lines xander has lines cordelia has lines it's just so many characters really had the spotlight Mm -hmm. or even if they don't say something particularly funny like the way that david boreanis acts as angel how uncomfortable (laughs) he is with cordy so so good he's sitting there and he's like "Uh, okay and just like walks away with her like it's just so funny i think that like all of the characters are really becoming more comfortable all the actors, sorry, are becoming more comfortable in being their characters mm-hmm. and being um, their role. And so they're kind of putting more personality into it. It just seems to flow so well, this episode. It's probably also the writers, too. You can, you're can you getting the sense of right off the bat from the episode last week when she was bad that the writers know where they're going with the characters. And yeah, so you, you get the tell. sense that we're going somewhere, mm-hmm. that yeah. we're building up to something. Versus season one, obviously, we're building up to a showdown with the master. But there was a lot of Monster of the Week episodes where they're wasn't a lot going on with the big bad. Right. This one, obviously, the big bad is not in, but you can still tell we're going somewhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Like, it's like rising suspense because you're like, ooh, what's going to be at the end of this season? Well, I was going to mention that, Sarah. That's a good point. We haven't seen the big bad yet. It's very episodic. Yeah. Also, we, we want to say, and I think we accidentally said this a couple times in season one, but now we know that Miss Calendar's name is Jenny. She mentions yes, it. Yes, they revealed episode. it in oh this episode. Like, Even like the one episode that we didn't know Angel's name, I was like, ugh. And the tall, brooding stranger walks into the room. <laughs> Who looks very yeah. looks very angelic. Uh, yeah. Such hint, an hint, angel. Wink, wink. We don't know what he is. <laughs> All right. So, season two, episode two, Some Assembly Required, which I feel like the title is self-explanatory. Random? <laughs> random. I feel, I feel like, like it's, it's self-explanatory. I feel like it's so – like they should have honestly gone for a Frankenstein reference. Well, some assembly required. It's reference to furniture that you have to build. What? Like Ikea or something. I well, never it's the whole idea that. of they're having to build a girl like some assembly required. They're building – See, I was thinking make- of like a high school thing. Me like too. An I was thinking like an assembly, yeah. Oh, no. Assembly like – uh, assemble put together. Uh, I still don't like it. I think it's a little – they should have <laughs> just gone for the one on the nose and just been like – Frankenstein. They're a lot more <laughs> poetic with their titles later on in the show, but especially the first season and the couple in the yeah. second season. Like, it's like yeah. out of sight, out of or out of mm-hmm. mind, out of sight. Season like, one. You will like, never oh, yeah. get that right. Season one, <laughs> yeah. episode three, which it's like, hmm, what could that be? <laughs> well, I think the idea was is that Daryl was supposed to be kind of a surprise. Like you don't know that they actually succeeded in building Daryl until mm. towards the end of the episode. Mm, that makes sense. So if they said Frankenstein, we'd all be like, ooh, we know what's happening, you know? Anyway. All right. So some assembly required aired September 22nd, 1997, was written by Ty King and Joss Whedon. Uh, it was directed by Bruce Seth Green. And this is the first episode that we see the man-made graveyard that they created oh, no on the back of the lot. Oh, because the first season, it was a real graveyard, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last episode, when she was bad, was a real graveyard as well. This is the first okay. episode with the man-made graveyard. Which honestly, like, yes. At most points, like, especially if you look at the bushes, you're like, hmm, that looks a little fake. But <laughs> it's honestly not that bad as far as sets no. go. Especially from the 90s. And we've already seen more of the graveyard in this episode than we have in, like, all of first season. 
Because since it's yeah. like man-made, they walked around a ton. She like fell in a coffin. Apparently, Sarah Michelle Geller not only was she terrified of um, being buried alive, she was also terrified of cemeteries and graveyards. I don't blame which her. They're creepy. Is Dang. really funny. The whole she had show to spend she had a to lot of time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the scene opens up. Oh, just so well done with Buffy sitting on a headstone with a yo-yo in heels and a pink skirt and a <laughs> like, black leather jacket. Like how much more Buffy could you get? Yeah. Right. Yep. And I love that she's up there like, come on, Stefan, which I was like, yeah, Vampire Diaries. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Reference from – it was a little uh, foreshadowing to what, you know, Vampire yeah, Diaries the crossover. was going to have to go with. <laughs> they didn't – the show was not even conceived yet and they, you know, had to throw that in there. Joss's mind. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Completely him foreshadowing that. He actually Probably pitched sure. the idea to <laughs> the writer of the books. So Yeah. Actually, the books I'm pretty sure were written before Buffy aired. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Vampire Diaries, I'm fairly certain, were written before Buffy was shot, but then obviously the TV show came out, you know, a little yeah. while after. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So she's up there like, come on, Stefan. And then she's getting frustrated because he's not rising. And then Angel sneaks up on her. Mm-hmm. This Okay, this whole scene, the lines are just hysterical. She's yeah. like, you can't sneak up on someone in a graveyard, okay? Come on, Angel. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I would like to point out, like, this episode, it's so nice to see Buffy herself again. Like, I know that she was yes. only, like – Immediately off the bat, yeah. she's herself. Well, like, I know she was only kind of, like, wacky for, like, one episode. But, like, it really changed the whole vibe of the show. Like, when Buffy's not herself, you mm-hmm. feel it. Mm-hmm. And so, like – to see her kind of herself and like joking and stuff, you're like, oh, I missed you. Like, mm-hmm. it's so nice. Yeah. And then she's like, you need a stomp or yodel, <laughs> which then I try to imagine Angel yodeling and I, it doesn't work. He sneaks up I on can. a ton of people this episode. He's so stealthy. That is yeah. true. He did he it does. with Cordy. You're right. So then Angel's like, you here alone? And she's like, why? Like, why? Why wouldn't I be here yep. alone? Their chemistry in this season is already 10 times better than in the first season. Not that it was bad in the first season. Yeah. But it just It's just everyone. Everyone was so stiff well. in the first yeah, season. Yeah. But I also think that a big part of it is David Boreanaz kind of like falling yes. into the role of Angel This is his first more. role ever. Yeah. So he has to warm up to it a ton. But their chemistry in the season is really unmatched. good. Yeah. Unmatched. Even by the end of this episode, like we'll talk about it. But like I was saying Tavio, I was like – they're one of the only couples that I just get like emotional about. Like I just am like, oh, they're so precious. You hear I their their them. theme song in this episode too. And every time their yeah. theme song comes on, yeah. I just melt my heart. Yeah. It's the first, I would say, like official hearing of their theme song. Yes. But we'll, we yeah, heard we'll it get to a that little a bit at the end of last episode. But you hear yeah. a ton more in this episode. Yep. So Angel's jealous of Xander, which this is the first hint we get that he's jealous of Xander. Yeah, which is fair. I'd be too. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't really have any reason to be jealous of them until she yeah. was at, she did in that his sexy words, dance mating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, dance is a little loose. <laughs> Mate with is more like, yeah. but oh it's my word, such, I laugh. Yeah. It's such a like old man type way of saying it yep. instead of like, oh, like <laughs> oh. sad sex with. He's like mated with. But I think they kind of did that on purpose because Angel is so much older than Buffy. So in his mind, yeah. he's like, this is so childish. Like, why do you have to yeah. do that? Yeah. Angel says his actual age in this episode. He says he's, I think, 241, which is very old. Yeah. Yeah. So then we also see that Angel is very sensitive about being a vampire because Buffy kind of mentions something about him, you know, obviously being a vampire. And Angel's like, you keep bringing that up. Yeah. And you can tell it really bothers him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, yeah, it would bother me too, especially if I didn't choose to become a vampire. He's having to fight the physical demon in him. And he's like, I don't feel like a demon yet. Whenever I fight, like my demon face comes on and I'm reminded again that I'm not fully yeah. human. Well, plus like also the constant desire for blood probably, you know, puts a well, also, bummer and things. But also like, like being <laughs> in love bit. with Buffy yeah. too. You're like, I can never. It really sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. I can never have a, like a normal life with her. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. Okay. Sarah, <laughs> I, <see you. laughs> I totally said it. I didn't even process like, yeah. that until right now. I know. Really Sarah's like, it really sucks. Wait for affirmation. Oh, sorry. I'm in a weird mood tonight, guys. As they're arguing, Stefan rises from the grave. Oh, and they have that really interesting exchange where Angel's like, yeah, he'll rise. Sometimes it's a little disorienting. And she's like, it's really weird thinking about you going through that. And he's like, it's a really weird thing to go through. Yeah. Which I think is a really important sentence. It's really important to have those conversations because it's another reminder, Angel's a vampire. Angel's a vampire. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because we're watching yeah. Stefan rise and he seems yeah. so different from Angel. Yeah. You have to like – she has to rewire her brain because she's like, this is my boyfriend. Like, I love him. Yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, oh, the people that I kill every night or the demons I kill every night are also like my boyfriend who doesn't seem like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they're actually boyfriend and girlfriend though. I think that it's more of like they both know that they like it's each implied. other. implied. But I don't think so because, like, they can't really date. And so I think that it's more of, like, even the fact that, like, they don't really kiss. They haven't kissed at all in this season. They haven't kissed since the one kiss that they had. They bounce around the L word this whole episode, though. Yeah. That's and the thing. Like I said, I think it's one of those <laughs> things where they know they love each other. They know they care for each other, but they don't see a relationship in their future. And so I don't think they're actually dating it's right now. It's the stupid emotional dating. They're emotionally dating, but they're not, like, no, 100, actually, like, 100%. labeling it. Because yeah. I understand so they pretty much their are. reservations. Yeah. But it's just funny to me because like, well, we're not like officially, we haven't even gone on a date, but like, but guys, I love you, like, you love me. Yeah. How high school is that to say, oh, we're not dating, but then also to talk all the time. But and I don't, hang I don't like, that's think so it's high about school. high school because I think that it's kind of like, it's just the rules of this universe. It's, this but it's also their part. situation. Like I think to chalk yeah. it up to a high school relationship kind of doesn't do it justice. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's just because it's a high school relationship. I'm saying, but a lot of high school relationships are like that. So I think it's interesting that they have that, you know? Yeah. So then Buffy's like, I didn't come here to fight. And then Stefan rises and she's like, oh, wait, yes, I did. And Stefan grabs the shovel, which somebody carelessly just left, yeah, left a right shovel. next to that gravestone. <laughs> well, it was probably because they dug up the body. And oh. so they probably just left the shovel. Right, but like, why would you just leave the shovel after digging up the body? Well, like, I mean, they had to really carry careless. the body, so they probably just didn't have an extra hand. Plus, like, I mean, like, what are they going to do? Like, why would you take the shovel with you? It's kind of like, yeah, don't need it. Yeah, but you don't want to leave evidence. You don't want people yeah. to know what you're up to. It's just very sloppy. They're young high school boys, though. But it's, it's also like, like in Sunnydale, I really think that people, people stealing bodies is like the yeah. last thing on their mind when there's yeah. literal dead people walking around the town 24/7. <laughs> like I think that they like the, probably like, hmm, weird not to shuffle. mention like there's so many dead bodies that probably just go missing because they turn into vampires that I think that the police are probably just like another vampire or like oh another yeah, one could missing. you imagine being somebody who's like in charge of the grave and you're just like what the heck who is stealing bodies constantly yeah. like another one's or gone like they, like they have to replace the like the guards out there all the time because they'd get eaten yeah isn't there like there's i'm not going crazy right there's like people who watch grave 
yards, right? Like there's security mm-hmm. guards. Yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. Know. Typically, I you have a security sure. guard. So like, we where haven't is seen one this yet? guy at yeah. Bu- in Buffy? Yeah. No right. one else is out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, how is Buffy able to patrol all of these graveyards I mean, without it, any? It might be because it's a small town. Actually, no. Wait, we saw yeah. it in um small town we, that has a zoo. We saw it has, in Teacher you know, Pet. Yeah. Remember. The the guard came up and then she ran into the person with the the scissor hands. No, the the zoo. that was the police. They said they oh, were the police. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I thought of that too, Tabby. But yeah, yeah that was like policemen. So no. I don't know. It's just well, weird. plus um the zoo was the L A zoo. It wasn't in Sunnydale. They mentioned, they mentioned was it? yeah they mentioned that it's the L A oh, zoo. Okay, that sure. makes sense. If not, no, it, they didn't. They did not. It said Sunnydale, a big sign over the entrance. Are you for entrance. real? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Never mind. Leah, you're then. losing I, your mind. I was <laughs> trying to like help defend them or something. Yeah. Nope. Geographic nope. layout of Sunnydale has always does not make me. sense <laughs> at all. Mm-mm, nope, not at all. Especially yeah. since we see like two different places in Sunnydale, and then they act like it's massive. Yeah. And we're like, we only know of the bronze <laughs> and the high school and the zoo yeah. of all places. And that one street like, they walk in every once in a while. Yep. <laughs> You're like, do you have a mall, you guys? Why are you guys always at the <laughs> yeah. bronze? What's I, going on here? Hey, honestly, if there was a place like the bronze, like in high school near where I lived, I would go there all the time. Like, why not? Yeah, but the parents would be there too because they'd be like, "What you guys up to?" Like not necessarily, but it's on the other side of town. They've said that before, so yeah. I feel like it's a little. Plus, bit I more. feel like any kid that goes there would not have helicopter parents, and if they did, they wouldn't tell their parents. So true. It's not yeah. gonna be. Like, I don't know. Oh, my parents are really strict. I'm gonna go hang out at an 18 plus bar. Bye, mom. Love you. Like they probably would just be. Like, oh, I'm gonna go spend a night at you know my friend's house and then just mm-hmm. go. Mm, speaking from experience, Leah. Yes, from the many many times I go and hang out at. Underage bars, you know, <laughs> constantly. And vampires come in and, you know, kill people. Constant. Leah's like, um, I'm actually low-key Buffy, so. Oh, I know. wish. <laughs> Pop off. So, yeah, they're fighting Stefan. And Stefan wallops Angel. He, like, hits him hard. Yeah. And I feel kind of bad for him. But then I'm also like, um, Angel, I think you're tougher than that. He, I'm like, ran right into the shovel. It's like, come on, yeah. dude. <laughs> come <laughs> he on. didn't see the wind up at all. <laughs> yeah. We're disappointed, Angel. Thumbs yeah. down. <laughs> I'm like, come on. You've beaten up other vampires before. I feel like you can take this one random guy who's supposed to be disoriented. To be fair, yeah, he's, right. only, he's only had, like, two major fights in, like, a whole season. He didn't really start fighting into, like, Prophecy Girl. So Buffy can't find her stake, of course, and she grabs the shovel and she Creative. cracks it over her knee. Yep. And again, another <laughs> example. <laughs> another example of Buffy just being very creative with what's around her and resourceful. Yeah. Um, stakes Stefan and picks up right up where they were talking about in their fight. And she's like, you think of me as a kid? Because he mentions that he thinks of Xander as a kid. And she's mm-hmm. like, we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Do you think of me as a kid? And at that point, Angel's just done with the conversation. Is like, I shouldn't have come. And walks away. And Buffy is all like, no, don't you walk away from me. And falls into an empty grave. <laughs> and her shoes, guys, are so adorable. They're, are they the, the black ones? They're clogs. They're like brown clogs wooden clogs. So much. They're Ooh. so cute. It's I couldn't really, really see her shoes very well because of... I was looking at her outfit. Her outfit's cute. Yeah, Yeah, the whole package is really cute. So I love that Angel comes back to make sure she's okay. He's like, are you all right? Yeah, I'm very sweet. She's like, yeah, I wish people wouldn't leave open graves lying around all the time. 
And Angel's like, well, I think it's another vampire that rose tonight. And she notices that there's like drag marks going away from yeah. the grave. Which honestly, I feel like that's one of the first things I would notice is that it's a clean open grave. Well, I was about to say Whereas, that. Yeah, like, he when didn't vamp- dig up through the ground. Yeah. Yeah. The um, coffin lid is open. And then she finds that woman's shoe and was like, she was dragged from her grave. Mm-hmm. Ominous. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. That's all I thought. Right there. So end. many scary things going on in Sunnydale. That the worst one is a body missing. <laughs> but I mean, that's still kind of creepy and gross. Oh, it's creepy somebody for is sure. digging up bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So then we enter into the library and it's Buffy and Xander and they hear Giles talking. And they're like, who is he talking to? And he's sitting there with his back to them, <laughs> talking cannot. to an empty chair. It's so, so cute. so cute. And even just the fact that, like, he's, like, talking, then he just goes, like, ah, oh, idiot. Like, he just gets so I mad at himself. It's so, it's so, like, high school. Like, it's very, like, you can tell, like, he's very mm-hmm. giddy, has, like, just has butterflies, doesn't know what to do with himself. Like, it's just, it's a new side of Giles that... I just love to see. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like him kind of being like very timid and getting nervous. It's, oh, it's just so cute. It's kind of what we saw Snyder talk about how young people <laughs> and how they act around like a pretty girl. Yeah. yeah. You see it manifest itself so much in this episode. Um, but it's just so cute. Like he says like idiot like three times throughout this whole episode. It's just so precious. Yep. Like he just gets so nervous around her. And Jenny, she asks him out. I was like, okay. She goes for it. Yeah. Jenny knows what she wants versus yep. Giles is a little more – he's stuffy for sure, well, but he's I also think, kind of awkward. Yeah, and I, but I like that. And I mean, we'll talk about it more when that scene comes up. But I, I just – I love how like the roles are kind of reversed with them in a very positive and healthy way. Mm-hmm. Like she is a little bit more assertive and a little bit more bold. And like Giles is someone who kind of waits and, you know, prepares. And she's just someone who kind of goes for it. And so they're really – good for each other like they balance each other out and it's just very very cute to see that um but i also like to point out buffy looks so old in a good way like she just like looks older (laughs) like (laughs) i realized i i framed that in a way that i was like i was like whoa that's not what i thought you were saying no she looks beautiful she looks amazing but like she looks like older more mature Mm -hmm. i think it's also the hair it's the hair but i think it's also like the makeup They've kind of learned mm. a little bit more to like lighten her up, do lighter tones. Whereas like in the first season, I think they tried to put a little bit too much like dark, heavy eyeshadow on yeah. her that it just didn't mm-hmm. really fit who Buffy was. But also like her hair was like kind of brown. And I feel like when you think of Buffy, you think of like really blonde hair. Yeah. So her hair is like really blonde. Like I noticed it last episode. Yeah. It was so bright. And I was yeah. like, wow, like she looks really good. Yeah. And like the short hair is just so cute on her. Yeah. And she starts wearing, um, there's an outfit later on in the episode where she wears jeans and a green tank top, which is pretty much the outfit she wears for the rest of the episode. And it's so cute. I love it. Um, and she also wears her like iconic black boots, which like they're very like subtle. I mean, the chunky heeled ones. Yeah, the chunky yes. heeled ones. She yeah. wears them all the time. But I actually like I love these shoes and I love that they chose to have these shoes because one, they're practical. Yes. Buffy fighting in like stiletto heels would just not make sense. But yeah. also if they gave her tennis shoes all the time or like sneakers, I'd be like, who? That's not Buffy. And that was Leah with our fashion monologue. <laughs> I know, Leah brings episode. a fashion <laughs> like, a, like a weather report. So I think Giles' problem is also that when he's trying to describe the date, he's being very formal about it and using very fancy terms. And I think that's why 
Buffy and Xander are rolling their eyes. They're kind of like, okay, like Buffy's like, it's a thing. You just ask her out for a thing and you feel a thing. I feel a thing. Like it's a casual thing versus Giles is all like, um, a date if you're amenable and yeah uh, you know he's using all these big fancy terms when it doesn't have to be yeah Yeah. i think it's also supposed to show the difference in generations of like you know giles wanting to be like let's you know let's go on a date and it's proper and whereas like you know buffy's generation is just very like let's go hang out and grab some food and you know yeah like and that's our date and so it's like it's just very funny just like her trying to give advice Mm -hmm. on being like no like this is how we do things now it's very cute he feels very out of practice well, and I think I think more than that, I think Giles is just from what we've gathered of him, he has been raised for one thing. It's to be a watcher. And so anything else that's takes away from that or is not headed towards, you know, Watcherville, he doesn't know what to do and he has no experience in because his whole life mm. has been preparing for a slayer. Mm-hmm. So we're watching him out of his element. He literally is not sure how to do this, you know? Yeah. So there's an interesting shot here as Buffy is giving dating advice to Giles. It pans over to Xander kind of watching her. And I thought that that was really interesting, like Mm. almost as if Xander's kind of remembering that he likes Buffy and like, cause she's telling him, Oh, you know, you need to ask a girl this and you need to do that. And Xander's over there like taking notes. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which honestly, I feel like I fault Xander for a lot of things, but I think that that's, that's actually an intelligent and smart mm-hmm. way to seriously though kind of like scope out the person that you're interested in that sounds really right. creepy but it's like you you <laughs> read them and you get to know them because it's like if you're interested in someone and they're like oh my gosh i never want someone to ask me out over text like you're not going to go and be like let's ask them out over text yeah. like you read social cues and you understand who they are and what they want and what their expectation is and you get like you are yeah. better equipped to understanding them, to understanding what it's like to date them. And so I think that, I mean, obviously I'm completely reading into this because it's such a small interaction. <laughs> um, but I think that this is something I can kind of give Xander props for is like, he's just observing and I think that that's okay. And I think that's absolutely normal. Yeah. You also, I feel like see a little bit of longing on his face too, which I don't want to fault Xander for it. Um, because just because someone shoots you down, tells you no, doesn't mean that turns off those feelings and emotions that are in your heart, you know? So I don't fault Xander for that. And I don't fault him for the feelings that he's feeling. I, in -hmm. that moment, I guess I felt a little bad for him, you know, however, you know, flawed he may be in his execution of those feelings. Yeah, I agree. He also has a couple of really funny one-liners or or just like lines he talks about. He's like, well, it's this is Miss Calendar we're talking about. And Giles is like, oh, how did you know? He's like all embarrassed. <laughs> as if like he hasn't been like bumbling when he's talking around her. Yeah. Right. And Xander's like, well, you know, she already knows you're a librarian. So there's no need to break that embarrassing news to her. <laughs> and Buffy's like, she's the only woman we've ever seen talk to you. So it all adds up to yeah. duh. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like she's already like been there when they've saved the world. So like he doesn't have right? to bring that yeah. up too. Like it's literally a win-win. Yeah, exactly. And Xander's like, um, do we need to give you the talk essentially? And Giles gives him like this look and is like, okay, I'm regretting talking to you guys. And <laughs> yep. I've decided it's none of your business. <laughs> yep. You can, you can see his mental process. He instantly was like, this was a mistake. Yep. You guys can leave now. So then they talk about the patrol and Buffy mentions that Angel was there 
And Xander rolls his eyes and looks disgusted. So then we take away all the points we just gave to him. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have a point scale system for Xander. It's like for like, like it's like for like little kindergartners. I'm like Xander was good this episode, so he gets a star. <laughs> and then next episode, chart. next episode, he does something really shady, so we take four stars away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, and I think we're seeing a very flawed character that is very hard to watch, but I also appreciate because he's very realistic. I feel like guys act like yeah. this. And I think that like Xander was created to be the typical high school boy. And so in his very flawed human way, like obviously they make him way more extreme, but I think that he's created to be the most human character. And so unfortunately, yeah. as much as I hate it, Xander does kind of show characteristics that is much more relatable than, you know, dealing with a forbidden, you know, vampire slayer love. Like, I'm going yeah. to relate to Xander being jealous of someone, you know, not wanting to date him more than I'm going to relate to Buffy having to kill people every night. Right. Like, yeah. it's just the way that it's written mm -hmm. and it's written in a good way, but it's also just like, man, sometimes I just want to punch Xander in the face and... <laughs> Yep. I'm okay Which with that. Which is also, you know, a normal human emotion that we feel on a regular basis. <laughs> hey, so, Xander. Props to the writer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Giles is asking about patrol and he's incredibly intrigued by the grave robbing, like more than he should be. And there's a pattern of Giles being inappropriately excited about the weird deaths and supernatural things that are happening around the show. It's really funny. Well, he loves researching and he loves like facts and things like that. So I think it fascinates him rather than like, and then people are kind of creeped out by that, but I, I can see his like thought process. Like he's very fascinated by it. Yeah. Well, imagine him being little watcher school, learning yeah. about all these yeah. weird things. And it's then like, now I get he's to like, experience I get to apply it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then they decide to look up Meredith Todd, the girl that was dragged from the grave and figure out where she is, essentially. And they're like, hey, Willow can help with us finding her. And Willow is at some sort of a science fair booth um, trying to get people to sign up, which is very Willowy. Yeah. And honestly, even Willow looks like very beautiful this episode. Like mm -hmm. the clothes yeah. she wears, the colors like really compliment her. I really love yeah. this specific scene. Um, it's later when they're like in the courtyard and she's wearing like this like cute kind of like patchy sweater and then like these kind of like looser jeans and it's very cute she just like looks very comfortable and like confident in herself and yeah i feel like willow isn't in this episode of 10 i feel like everyone else is kind of focused on a little bit more than she is yeah i agree so it's like kind hmm. of like sweet to like notice her and be like oh like she's just very content this episode she isn't like upset she isn't and doing anything crazy uh, I think everyone else is kind of going through something. I feel like she's the character that people are bouncing things off of in this She says a support system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So in contrast to Dear Sweet Willow, we see Icky, Yucky Eric over there taking Gross. pictures of girls and making really inappropriate comments about their bodies, which Eric gets no gold stars. If, uh, if a all guy was randomly taking pictures of me without my consent, I'd be pretty upset but the thing is is he he covers it up by being like oh i'm on your book and oh. so it's like people hate it because mm -hmm. even cordelia mm -hmm. mentions i think at one point she says like i didn't think that you know your book people were supposed to come out later so he's probably on your book it's probably why he has a like a, a camera in the first place mm -hmm. so it's not super like you know uncommon 
Is it creepy? But he's like yes, saying these but, weird oh, things yeah. out loud, which yeah. is the creepy part. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they don't they pictures. don't hear it because he says it's a willow, and then he goes and takes pictures of them. So yeah, still not okay. But yeah, not at all. So then Chris shows up and he's all like signing up for it. And you find out that he's actually smarter or as smart as Willow. And then he's beat her a couple times in his science project. And he seems really sweet. And he's calling out Eric and just seems like an overall good guy. Yeah. And then we have Cordelia. This scene kills me. So I kept writing down all the things she was saying because everything she that was coming out of her mouth was incredibly quotable. And then I just decided, <laughs> you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to play the recording for you guys. So enjoy. Okay, I'm doing this under protest. It is not fair that they're making participation in this year's science fair mandatory. I don't think anyone should have to do anything educational in school if they don't want to. The tomato, fruit or vegetable? I wanted to do something I could finish in a weekend, all right? Stop it. What are you doing? We are under fluorescent lights for God's sake. The camera loves you. I didn't think yearbook nerds came out of hibernation until spring. So just like zinger after zinger after zinger, man. Cordelia for the win. They just – and it's not just Cordelia. Like Giles is a little extra snappy in this episode. Buffy even has some really good lines. Even Angel, for Pete's sake, has some good lines. Yeah. It's just really enjoyable when you're watching all of the characters be very balanced and just really funny. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point is that like this cast, like even though the show does technically like center around Buffy, it is not the same without the other characters. Like if Willow was not in the show, if Xander wasn't in the show, you know, Cordelia, Angel, whatever, it would not be Buffy. And I think that it is like an ensemble cast almost in a way that like everyone makes the show what it is. And just interesting. They're very multidimensional and they have something to say. So then Buffy shows up and is all like, hey guys, bat signal. And they all leave with her, including Cordelia, which was kind of funny. Yep. And Eric to Chris hey, Cordelia is perfect, which I guess, okay, I guess Cordelia didn't leave with, she just went to go talk to another friend group. But I think it's funny that they say that in front of her. She's just like, whatever, moves on with her life. So then Eric's like, okay, Cordelia is perfect. And Chris is like, don't be an idiot. She's She's alive. alive. Yeah. Creepy. And then the Mm -hmm. camera pans to Eric and he's doesn't have to say anything because you just know he's thinking for now. Ugh, he's so creepy. Yeah. He is so creepy. That actor does a really good job he of playing did, him. He did, yes. And I'm sure he's not creepy in real life, but we really believe you. <laughs> I'm sure you. he's a nice man, but you played your role a little too well. Um, <laughs> and I'm a little scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So then Willow, Xander, and Buffy are looking up the coroner's report. Cordelia just like waltzes in and is all like, um, hey, Willow, I need help with my science project. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Willow's like, all like, it's a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I also just like love this whole scene because like the, you know, the gang is kind of doing their thing. They're getting into a groove, you know, they're kind of in a rhythm. And Cordelia is there. And this is the first time Cordelia has really hung out with them with no reason. Like in the past, yeah. she's kind of stuck with them because like you can tell she wants to hang out with them, but she like will wait until she has a reason. Whereas this time, like, she follows them when she didn't need to. She's standing there when she doesn't need to. Like, she's listening to them. Like, you can tell she desires to be their friend. She desires to be there. Like, she wants what kind of relationship that they have. I think she she, made up a reason. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And props to the writers for giving her 
really cool ways of interacting with the group instead yeah. of just shoehorning her in. It feels very natural when she does show up. Yeah. Well, and then even like she's like complaining and she's like, no one, you know, listens to my problems. And like Giles just goes up to him and he's like, they're there. <laughs> yeah. He like pats her on the yeah. shoulder she's like, and you Hello. see her mouth. Thank you. <laughs> she just wants recognition. She's like, hello, can we deal with my pain, please? And he's like, there, She just there. needs affirmation. She's yep. like, please affirm me. Yep. <laughs> and Giles is like, so totally not caring. There, there. Oh, yeah. The most like aloof pat on her back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, okay, this may sound really weird, but Giles is looking pretty good with his uh, jacket slung over his shoulder. Oh, As he walks yeah. in, I was like, Giles, man. Like, the more I get older, I'm like, oh, wow. Giles is yeah. really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, right? You're like, Angel, oh, Giles. Yeah. <laughs> so no, bad, No, it's still guys. Angel every time. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Says the 19-year-old. That's true. <laughs> um, so then we find out that Meredith died in a car accident a week before. And they think that they're there. They have two possible explanations. They think that someone's making zombie army or that it's like some sort of demon that like takes the souls of people that have died or something like that. A flesh eating one. I heard that. Yeah. The flesh eating one, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, But they settle on, okay, it's probably a zombie type thing. And so then they're like, hey, we need to check out the other girls because if their graves are empty, then we'll have like a better clue of what's going on. So they're like, all right, tonight we're going to go check out the grave and Buffy's like, I don't want Angel there, and please don't tell him that I'm going to be there. So then Cordy is grossed out that Xander is excited about going and digging up bodies. <laughs> Which is a fair, you know, thing for Cordelia <laughs> to be. Yeah, right. No, I totally understandable. Uh, Xander's like, well, don't call us if zombies eat your flesh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Giles is all like, um, Xander. And Xander's like, yeah, what? And he's like, um, zombies don't eat live flesh. And Xander like tries to cover his butt. He's like, oh, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I knew that. You know, I just I was testing to see if she knew that. Yep. And nobody believes that for a second. Classic deflection. Yes. So then we go to the graveyard and you see Xander and Giles doing all of the heavy lifting. And Buffy and Will this are sitting there with their so like funny. coffee cups. Talking about boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sanders like, this would go a lot faster if you guys helped. And then Giles goes, he says something like, here, yeah, here. I agree. Yeah, here, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also like, I really like how they have the dialogue between Willow and Buffy in the scene because they're yeah. talking about a very serious thing, which is, you know, the fact that Buffy hurt Willow and mm-hmm. danced with Xander. And, but the way that they talk about it, is actually like how best friends would talk about things. It's yeah. very like, you know, they kind of make light of it. Like they, mm-hmm. they're joking about it, but they're still talking about it, which is like 90% of the time, that's how you're going to talk to your best friend or your, you know, your friends. Yeah. It's like, it's going to be more like lighthearted. You're going to talk about things. You're going to joke about things. And it just feels natural in the scene. It doesn't feel like they are reading a script. Well, the lightness in the mood kind of implies that they've had the hard conversation before this because mm. she mentions it kind of in passing, being like, oh, yeah, because I danced with Xander. And then Willow brings it up as if they've already talked about it. So she's like, oh, like that's a light term or whatever she says to make it kind of like seem very funny. Yeah. It That's not a conversation you have with your best friend who was in love with someone you just grinded with. That's like a, yeah. a we, we've talked about it. We're moving past it. We're joking about it now. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. either way, it's like 
the way that they interact yeah. in the scene, it just feels very normal. Yes. And I love that. Like I sometimes I get so annoyed when certain new shows, like their dialogue is just like they try so hard to be like trendy or like like current or things like that and i'm just like no one talks like this like yeah it just feels so unnatural but i i love when dialogue seems like an actual conversation i would have with someone instead of like yeah you know something where they're just reading their script yeah and i think part of that is the script for sure but part of that is just really good actresses Mm -hmm. that have that chemistry or can create that chemistry in that moment I think, and I think it's just made even better by the fact that they're sitting against a gravestone. Yep. Um, and then Willow says something that I think can definitely sum up the episode, which is love makes you do the wacky. Yep. Which I was like, ooh, that would be a really good like headliner to put under like, you know, some assembly required. Love makes you do the wacky. Yeah. Good I, subtitle. Yeah. I also really like in the scene when Xander and Giles finally like dig to see the coffin and then like Giles kind of has this moment where he's like, okay, Xander, go on. And he's like, oh. yeah, <laughs> Giles doesn't want to be the one to like open it. And I just thought it was so funny that he was like willing to sacrifice Xander to whatever may be down there and was yeah. just like, yeah, Xander's expendable. It's kind of like in the mummy when they have to open up that box and they they have the diggers do it because yeah. they're like, if they get cursed and die, it loses on us. <laughs> yep. And they always end up dying. Yep. That's literally the same vibe I'm getting. Giles is like, yep. oh. Xander can open it if he yep. gets cursed, whatever. And then Buffy's like, oh, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm used to dead bodies. But real fast, okay, so going back to Xander being annoyed that they're not helping dig, and then Giles very swiftly says, here, here, right after, like, he's no. been thinking about it and stewing about it the entire time oh, he's digging, and tell. then Xander says something. Yeah. So Buffy's response is, I'm old-fashioned. I believe that men should do the digging of, of the bodies and women should have the babies. <laughs> I, know, I can't. I think that's my favorite line yep. from this episode. Just like subtly so attacking sexism. So, and Xander, do you see his face? He looks so irritated. Yep. <laughs> and Andrew and I were talking about, my husband Andrew, we were talking about how like if you ever want to win a conversation, you just say, I birthed the babies because men literally cannot argue with that. <laughs> and carry them for nine months too. Yes. Yeah. If they want to take on that burden, then they can go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but until that day happens, we birth the I babies. I feel like women can complain about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the scene where they open up the coffin, I feel like is a really iconic um, moment, just like the cool shot from inside the coffin, looking up at everybody peering in. And I love that they don't immediately tell you what happens. They just kind of leave it and cut to the next scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we, we also missed that part where Buffy asks Willow about Daryl. She's like, Hey, so who's Daryl and why was Cordelia mentioning him? Which I think was kind of cool because even though Buffy was looking up the coroner's report, she actually was listening to what Cordelia was saying. Um, yeah, which I thought was an interesting yeah. little tidbit there that she actually does care about Cordelia and is listening even when Cordelia thinks no one's listening. Yeah. But then Willow's like he was um, a running back and he died rock climbing and apparently he broke Cordelia's heart. Um, Cordelia yeah. really cared for this guy, which I didn't pick that up like the last 15 times I've seen the, the show, guys. I didn't know Cordelia had someone that she truly cared about. And I wonder if that is why Cordelia is so closed off and is the way that she is. You know what I, I mean? I don't think that Cordelia is 
something because of one singular thing. I think that Cordelia is who Cordelia is because of multiple things that have happened to her, like layers and layers of things. And I don't think that we could really sure. her. So. He was the shiny like football player and he wasn't giving her the time of day. So I think it was more of her ego was kind of bruised rather than like she was really heartbroken. Yeah, it could have been for sure. I mean, I just think it's an interesting insight too because we were talking about yeah. how Cordelia constantly has a new boyfriend every week right. or whatever. If this was someone that she truly cared about, it would make sense why she hasn't really had a relationship that's lasted very long other than the fact that they die but you know what i mean yeah so i don't know i thought it was just kind of like a neat little tiny peephole into Mm -hmm. cordelia's life yeah um speaking of cordelia this next scene at the school is so (laughs) horror like i always forget like like she's messing with her keys it drops underneath her car it's like very typical yep i'm getting like one of stranger calls vibes oh yeah but i also like that scene the only thing that came to my mind was like, man, they could not film this scene if it was a man. Like, only a woman knows the terror of like trying to walk <laughs> yes. to her car uh-huh. and just getting that feeling of like, someone's watching me. Yeah. I should go quick. Yeah. And then even the fact that she sees a man's feet and doesn't stop to get up and be like, I'm going to question this. She just was like, I'm running. I was like, yeah. yep, that's how like a woman would react because you just, you yeah. know, when you're alone and you're in a parking lot and you're walking to your car, like you do not stop mm-hmm. to ask questions big. Like, Who's there? It's like, no, no, you run. Yeah. I love how yeah. like light she makes the scenario seem though. She's like, Xander Harris, if this is some kind yeah. of joke, yeah. Yeah. So she immediately funny. blames Xander. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I would Which honestly too. is absolutely yep. justified. Because yep. he would. He would absolutely pull a prank on her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even though like objectively it seems kind of like a smart idea for her to go in like a trash been i was like she kind of corners herself i would just sprint away if i can't get into the car like she gets inside like the huge trash bin and then i mean you find out that it's angel but i i just feel like i wouldn't do that okay so two observations from this scene one angel looks incredibly amused to see cordelia in a trash can like he's got a grin on (laughs) his face second is what is he wearing Oh, I didn't Did notice. you guys see what he's wearing? No. He's wearing like he's wearing normal. a gray shirt, like a light gray shirt. It's the lightest color shirt we've ever seen. It's not he's black. Wearing like a whitish. He's wearing white. Yeah, but this is a button down. It's a button oh. down, and it's very light. It's not his typical like white wife beater with a black button up over it. Right. He's wearing like a gray shirt. It's really weird. Hmm. I thought I it just, looked uncomfortable. It, no, it I'm is, uncomfortable. I will say it's not him. I will say it's the jacket. That makes me a little unnerved because he wears like a creamish jacket um, in one of the later seasons and uh, not seasons scenes. And I was like a little unnerved of like, oh, that's weird. That doesn't look but, like him. Yeah. But, but you guys, I immediately was like, okay, he's looking for Buffy. He's remembering their conversation the night before when she was comparing him like, oh, you're a vampire. And I feel like this is him trying. I feel like this is him trying to say, hey, I'm different from most other vampires and trying to look not look like a vampire. Like wearing yeah, lighter clothes and stuff. Yeah. I just, I mean, it would make more sense because it's such a like a, I mean, he looks nice, but it's such a random like pop yeah. of like white. You're like, oh, I angel. <laughs> um, but it could It's just, a very intentional choice yeah. though because. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would not put it past Joss Whedon or anyone on the show to be that intentional. And I mean, I've talked about how clothes are meaningful, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, we see Angel trying really hard to get Buffy's attention and also, you know, he wants to be like, hey, I'm more than just a vampire too, you know? Yeah. 
So he finds out Buffy was lying to him that she's at the graveyard. And then Cordelia pulls a hand out of the trash. And it's a woman's hand. Terrifying. Um, So gross. Yes. So then we see everybody coming back from the graveyard, coming to the library, talking about how all the coffins were empty, which leads to their theory of it being a zombie army. And they see Angel and Cordelia standing there. Cordelia still holding on to Angel's arm. Funny. This scene. This scene is really funny. Charisma Carpenter, stellar acting in the scene. So funny. She's just like holding on to him. She's like looking at him like, oh my gosh, I'm so helpless. Like, I need you for support. And like Buffy, like Sarah Michelle Geller kind of looking at him, not really giving it the time of day. Like she doesn't seem like she's too bothered by it because she knows that Angel's not into Cordy. Well, okay. So then you have Angel and Cordelia on one side of the library, and then you have Willow and Giles kind of like standing in between, and then you have Xander and Buffy. It's kind of like a standoff. And so then Buffy's like, Angel? Angel's like, Xander. Xander's like, Angel? Mm-hmm. And then you see Willow and Giles like turning back and forth, like looking back between them like, what the is observers. going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, something is super funky right now. <laughs> Angel's all like, Cordelia told me the truth. Which is like a total zinger for Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's also just funny that like Angel was kind of like telling her at the beginning of the episode, like, oh, you're being childish. You know, you were dancing with Xander. And then the fact that he goes and does this with Cordelia. Yeah, no kidding. Kills me. Because like he just couldn't help himself and just be a little petty. And I just love it. Because like yeah. it makes him more human. Like the fact that mm-hmm. he's not like perfectly, you know, handling the situation well. Like the fact that he was like a little petty. I'm like, yes, that's like that's how a normal person would be. Like, yeah, your girlfriend does something shady, or the person you want to date does something shady. So like, you're gonna do something to make them jealous. That's yeah, normal. Right. And he was so invited. He's like, I'm only doing nothing, and I'm just gonna go along with it. Like she's the one who's like, you know, hanging on to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get the feeling that he's like intentionally being petty. I think he's just really hurt. Yes. But then I love Xander's line after Angel's like, um, yeah, Cordelia told me the truth. And Xander's like, that's got to be a first. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Angel is like trying to like get the truth from Buffy, but then Xander's also like dissing both Angel and Cordelia. Like those are his two least favorite people over there. And he, I think, is enjoying the fact that they're together and that Angel's not with Buffy. Like he's kind of like, this is. He's eating it. He's loving it. Yeah. So then Giles tries to do the dad thing, which is like, good. Well, since you're all here, then you all can help. Cordelia's like, Angel saved me from an arm. Okay. That phrase is kills me he saved me from an arm like <laughs> like he didn't just like yeah. it's did not do limb, anything a, like bare minimum limb. good job <laughs> but like you don't need saving from an arm it's not gonna attack you but it's also like he did nothing she found the arm threw it away screamed i mean and then the scene cut but the most you can assume is that he helped her out like yeah. just helped she's her out like, of the dumpster and that yeah. was it but she's all like why are all these terrible things happening to me and Xander's oh. like my Karma. gosh, when he did that, I literally like laughed like audibly loud because I just was like, yes, that's like it was so funny that just the fact that he's like, ah, mm, karma. It's just so funny mm-hmm. to me because I'm like, that's how a high school boy would react. That's mm-hmm. how I would react. But like, it's just very, very funny. High school boys and Leah. I swear, most of the time my humor is at the same as a high school boy. That is so. true. I um I can affirm that. <laughs> so Buffy does look a little bothered by Angel and Cordelia over there and they are essentially like okay so 
it's not zombies since the girls are being chopped into little pieces. And Angel's like, that was not three full girls. They kept the parts. And Giles is like, well, why are the parts being dumped at school? And Buffy's like, unless it's somebody at school that's doing all of this. Which I love that Giles doesn't blink. He's all like, oh, yeah, fair point. Like, I've seen some shady stuff going down here. Not that like, oh, my goodness, you know. Yeah. What high school student is doing Mm -hmm. that? That doesn't make sense. So then Buffy's like, all right, I want the locker numbers of all the people that could possibly do all of this. And we're going to go through them. And Cordelia is like, "Um, I have to go home and shower and burn my clothes. I know, which like, it's honestly really convenient that Giles works at the school because they have like unlimited access to like school records, students' records. That is true. Which I mean, I'm totally handy. I'm totally sure that that was intentional in the writing, but also like you can say that it was intentional uh, as a watcher being like, oh yeah, I need a job where I'm going to be able to have access. Ooh, that's a good point, Leah. I hadn't thought about that, but that, Mm -hmm. yeah, that would make a lot of sense. He's going to be a watcher. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because like, okay, if you're the watcher people or whatever they're called, you're trying to put your watcher in a strategic location. Right. Well, well, you want to put them in the place where they're going to have access to the best amount of information. And sure. so like being faculty in the school is the best decision, but it's also like he can't be a teacher because then like what if Buffy needs him at random parts of the day? Like he mm-hmm. needs to teach a lesson. So the librarian's perfect because one, most of the kids aren't going going to go in there. But two- he can be reading random books all day and no one will question it because he's a librarian. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But not to mention yeah. he has access to all the school records. So it's like the perfect job yeah. for him. That's a good point, Leah. So Cordelia's all like, I'm fragile. I need someone to take me home. Ask Angel to take her. And Angel does not look at her at all. It's an acknowledge. He just looks at Buffy kind of like, hey, Buffy, are you going to step in here and say you want he, – he's basically – pleading with Buffy in his eyes to say, no, have me stay with you. And she doesn't say anything. And he looks incredibly hurt. Um, and Xander's loving it. I actually, honestly, I interpret this scene a little different. I kind yeah, of really. interpret it as like Angel's kind of like torn in a way of like, ooh, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I think how do I say no to, yeah. like he wants to say, yes, I agree. But I think it's also like, mm, you know, I feel uncomfortable because I don't want to say no to Cordelia because like, you know, she is someone who's in need, but like also Buffy's looking at me. So like maybe I shouldn't go hmm. with Cordelia. Yeah, he's and very so uncomfortable. Think, and, you know, and I think what little we've seen of Angel, he kind of seems like a little bit of like a passive person sometimes. And so I think uh, yeah. that like mm-hmm. he's kind of put in this position where he's like, I don't want to make a decision like this. So we just kind of is like, uh, um, okay. And then I think that Buffy actually looks like the one who's more hurt because she's like, why is she, you know, why is he yeah. with her? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think they both are definitely hurt. I just thought as Angel kind of like waiting for Buffy to stop him because he's also hurt that she lied to him. So in his mind, he's going, do you not want me around? And so and so he's like, all right, I'll just go with Cordelia because it seems like Buffy doesn't want me around, you know? I don't know. It's just interesting. I feel like I could see it both ways. Like, um, yeah, either way you put it, everybody's hurt and that's kind of the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. So then quick scene, Chris's house. The mom's watching Daryl's tapes over and over again. This, you like, see all of this his. This scene makes me so sad because like, yeah, obviously I, I cannot even imagine what it's like as a parent to experience that kind of loss. But then it's also like, I cannot fathom what it is like to lose a sibling that you love so, so, so much. And then mm-hmm. to have your parent like shut off to you completely and not even like 
acknowledge you anymore. It's yeah. like going through two different types of losses and like yeah. no one to confide in. Yeah. No, like you just, I, I can't even imagine how he views himself. And it's like, no wonder why he wanted to bring his brother back from the dead. Yeah. Like his mom is practically like yeah. shaming him and faulting him. And so it's like, no wonder why he wanted to bring him back, you know? Yeah. So Xander finds a suspicious anatomy book and newspaper clippings with the three girls in Chris's locker. And then Buffy finds that like weird pasted together girl in the back of Eric's locker. Creepy. Super creepy. creepy. Which like is so like I I understand like it's a show, you know, they need to get to the end points. They have to let them find clues. But it's also like if you are going to pull a Frankenstein and, you know, create someone like maybe be a little bit more subtle about it rather than right? hanging up a copy and paste version on your locker like door. Yeah, right? Because you just open it up and people can see yeah. it. Like that looks creepy by itself, but then if it comes out in the news, like, oh, there's this weird Frankenstein looking lady. And everyone's like, hmm, I wonder who that could be. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the kid with the actual Frankenstein cutout on his door. Yeah, I know. Super weird. So then we go to the basement um, slash abandoned house, wherever that is. I think it's the basement in um, Chris's house. There's a corpse and you can see like a woman's leg and yeah, you, they're putting together all the girl's body parts to make a girl. Very science of the lamb. Ugh. And Eric has that picture or he has a couple pictures of Willow, Cordelia and Buffy. And you realize that they're trying to pick yeah. which, which by girl. the way all these girls are extremely photogenic right for being if caught off took guard one picture of me yeah and i was caught off guard i promise you they would not want to hang it up and i really feel like <laughs> or pick me the pictures <laughs> that eric took did not match up to the pictures that came out but you know no not at all we'll pretend no. they did so then back at school willow buffy and xander are waiting for eric and chris and they have a really interesting conversation Right here where Buffy's like, why make a girl? There are so many other girls yeah. out there that you Sanders can pick from. response. My goodness. Yeah. It, it, it gives motivation for a ton of things. He just mm -hmm. says, people don't like what's right in front of them. They want what they can't have. Yep. Which is – Xander, like yep. he's pretty much describing himself because like, <laughs> just like he's talking about Buffy, honestly, mm -hmm. like he is, he wants Buffy and he, like, and you can even kind of see the way that Willow reacts. Mm -hmm. She kind of recognizes that Willow is saying that from his own experience, which kind of like, her, yeah, which kind of like stings her, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, that sucks to hear like, you really want something if you can't have it. And she's just like sitting there like, you can have me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that makes everybody cringe and also kind of hate Xander a little bit is he's mm -hmm. sitting there with a lot of judgment in his eyes as he's talking to Buffy when Willow is literally sitting right next to him yep. and is begging for him to notice her. Yep. You know, and yep. his just, hyper focus is on Angel and Buffy. And I'm like, observe what's around you. And also recognize that maybe Buffy is choosing Angel because she likes Angel not because you're not Angel. Like it has yep. nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Angel, you know? Or that she just has feelings for Angel Actually, and not like, Xander. I would even say it's the opposite. I think it has everything to do with Buffy not wanting Xander and mm -hmm. just wanting Angel. It is about Xander and the fact that she's not into him. And I think that he constantly wants to be like, oh, this is about if Angel wasn't here, you know? Mm. And it's like, no, mm. it's just this you, isn't when... a Buffy doesn't want... Like, Buffy only wants Angel Show. This is a Buffy doesn't want you or anyone mm. else. Yeah. That's a good point, Leah. Because he's trying to make it 
very much a, there's something wrong with you instead of maybe there's something wrong with me kind of thing. Yeah, or do you know that we don't click, that we just yeah, right. don't click as a couple. Right. Yeah. He's making it much more than what it actually is mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah, I know. And that's what makes this part so cringy. And Buffy being the amazing friend that she is could easily turn it around and say, hey, Willow's in love with you. Like you're being hypocritical, but she doesn't because she knows that would hurt Willow. Yeah. But she takes it. And I'm like, man, if that were me, I probably would stop hanging out with Xander because I'd be like, I can't take this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's a stronger woman than I am. And more <laughs> than okay. So they walk down the stairs and they see Giles looking very lost and they're like oh he's looking for eric and chris too and giles is over there definitely not looking for eric and chris yep he's not mentally even in the room yeah and so you see miss calendar and she comes up and we find out her name is jenny hallelujah finally and fun fact so they were actually going to name Miss Calendar Nikki, but I feel like it's too old for her. Well, they decided not to because Nicholas Brendan, who plays Xander, his name is they call him Nikki. And uh, it was too confusing having sense. a Nikki and a Nikki. So they said Jenny. Nikki is yeah. a cute name. I could see her as a Nikki, but Jenny's also yeah. fits her. So then Giles is trying to ask her out in his bumbling way, but he's taking a really long time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, Rupert, I have to go to class. Like, can you spit it out? And the bell goes and he misses his shot. And he looks so frustrated. He accidentally says the word that Buffy like makes fun of him for. And then he catches himself and he tries to like rephrase the what the way that like Buffy suggested that he rephrased oh, it? Oh yeah. So he says, "Would it, it appear indecorous?" And then he's like, "I mean, not not indecorous." And then he like rambles off, and then it's just like super cute. He's like, "Oh wait, no, I shouldn't say that." She said not to say that. And you're like, "Oh yeah, so sweet." And so you think, okay, Miss Calendar, like or Jenny, completely, she has no clue what he's what he's trying to say. So she leaves, and then you see him like staring furiously at the door, like yep. idiot. And then she peeks her head out and in true Jenny fashion is all like, hey, so um, you could just tell me tonight at the game. And he's like, the game? And she's like, yeah, you're going to that, right? And he's like, oh, yes, never never miss it. Oh, going to the game for There's sure. There's no way yeah. Nike's been to one. Right? No oh, my exactly. gosh. I don't even think Giles knows a single thing about football. At all. I don't even think that he would even know one kid on the football team to go and oh, support. I don't think Giles knows a single kid except for the four <laughs> that come inside the library. That's true. I don't think he knows any of the kids. I don't think they even know he's faculty there. Yeah. yeah. Well, because we see no one ever comes into the library. Yeah, that's true. No one has ever come well, into the library. And anytime for- anything happens to any of the students and they like mention who it is, he's always like, who's that? Yeah. It's always like Willow it's, who's like, yeah. oh, that kid. Yeah. It's never him being like, oh, it could be this person from blah 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 yep so then she's like hey um what do you think about mexican which was the line that buffy had used um, earlier Mm -hmm. and you can just see the relief on his face and i I also think this is so cute because i think jenny knew i think she knew what he was trying to ask her i think she knew how hard it was for him Mm -hmm. and so she took the pressure off of him by asking him which is just adorable and also very jenny like she's assertive and it just like balances them out like Mm -hmm. jenny is assertive and bold and it's amazing to see and i just love the fact that like you can see how much giles appreciates it like the fact that like Mm -hmm, yeah he doesn't have to be the super bold one and she appreciates that about him and she likes that about him well honestly like if i saw someone who i was attracted to and they were attracted to me and he was like confused and like nervous trying to ask me out 
I think that I would feel more confident to help him out because I'd feel like it's safe that I could ask him out, if that makes sense. Because like we can read the vibe. Yeah. If you feel like that's something that he would appreciate more, then yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no like specific rule saying that the guy always has to be the one right. asking the girl out, you know? Especially since yeah. it's obvious that they both like each other. Like you might as well. Yeah. And then I love how he goes, that went well, I think. Like he's all Aww. excited. And then he like skips away. So, so cute. cute. Oh, I love, love him Giles. so much. So then back in the science lab, Willow's like super intrigued and she's asking all these questions of like, how is it possible for them to reanimate this girl that she's going to be a bunch of different girls all smushed together? And they talk about how Chris and Eric didn't show up, which is concerning to them because they're like, hey, maybe that means that they actually went through with it and the girl is now alive. Yeah. And Giles is like, no, there's a press release. They found like three heads and they found like bits and pieces of bodies, which means they're missing a head. Yeah. Gross. And so Willow's like, oh yeah, they need a fresh head because if they have it frozen for too long, then something about how like the brain won't work or I don't know, whatever their (laughs) reason for it all is. I think, I don't remember if it's in this scene or if it's in like the next one, but there's like that one point where Willow kind of looks at Buffy and is like, hey, go easy on him. And Buffy is like, this isn't a vampire. This is a guy. And I think that this is one of the first times um, in the show where we've seen there be a character that is gross or ugly or whatever it is. Not necessarily in a human way because it's like, you know, they're creating someone, but he himself is human. Mm -hmm. So we've seen like, you know, a witch or a vampire or, you know, whatever else it is that have been ugly, disgusting things. But it's it's a little bit more icky when it's like a normal human being, no magic, no something mystical, just being gross. And like we see that a little bit in Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Like yeah. With Marcy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's like she was kind of normal. She was like, yeah, she – had a lot of issues, but, but she was crazy too. They say she, that a couple times. Yeah, but she went like, crazy because she was invisible and no one was seeing her, and she was like an abuse of power. Whereas, like this, he doesn't have any power. He doesn't really have any excuses. Yeah, there's no of, reason for Eric to be doing this. No, he's, he's just a human being. He's just yeah. like disturbed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you mean like Eric is like evil and gross? Like, there's no reason for him to do yeah. this, but Chris at least has a reason. Yeah, right. And so and gotcha. he corrects himself. Too. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like he's not just this vampire that you know has yeah. no soul. He's a human being, and I think that for Buffy that makes her angrier because she's like, you should know better. You mm-hmm. have a choice in this. Yeah, it's really kind of interesting because I feel like we're watching the show starting to dip its toes in the water of moral gray areas mm-hmm, because yeah. up until now it's been very black and white and this episode you're kind of like ooh what do you do because i mean they don't know yet at this point but chris was doing these things for what was kind of a good reason like he wanted his brother around he wanted his brother to not be alone like mm-hmm. all those things sound good and could be good but now they're starting to like delve into okay, murder and all this other stuff. And what do you do with someone who has good intentions but is doing the wrong thing? It's a little bit harder than someone who has bad intentions and is doing the bad thing, you know? So yeah, it's just, it's becoming a little bit more nuanced and I think it's interesting that way, you know? Then Eric is like, hey, we need a head. We need someone fresh. And it's essentially inferring that they're going to have to go kill a girl 
And Chris is like, I can't do it. Please don't make me. Um, and then he's talking to like the shadow and Daryl comes out totally looking all Frankenstein with his skin all stitched together and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like, you promised me that I wouldn't be alone. So then Chris agrees to help Daryl and then Daryl picks Cordelia out of all of the girl pictures. Yep. So there's an interesting thing that I came across. So Daryl was made up of all Daryl parts, right? He wasn't made up of a bunch of different guy parts. Or was he? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was made up of himself. Yeah. Um, But he was just stitched together because his skin was probably starting to decay. Either that, but if he died in a rock climbing accident, most likely like there's a possibility they would have had to get other body parts because of the fact that he like of the gruesome death that he died. If that makes sense. I don't know. But either way, he's like pretty gross to look at. Like he's not the most like the specimen for yeah. the most beautiful person ever. You know what I mean? So there's a website called all things philosophical on Buffy and they talk about how Buffy expresses concern for the girls when she's like, what could this girl be thinking and what are they going to do with her? And they're wondering why is it that they needed to make up this girl of multiple girl parts instead of just getting one normal girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, they never explained that, did they? They never explained that. But okay, so I'm going to read to you a little bit from this website because they make really good points. They said there's two reasons. The first one is to make Daryl's mate more beautiful. Um, they said one reason, as Xander points out, is that creating a combination girl reflects Eric's desire to design a dream girl, what Giles calls their masterpiece, to take the best of each and put them together. Mm. This implies that women need to answer to the standards of men and mm. that the pre-made woman must be corrected to answer to these standards. Humans constantly change the natural world to meet their own needs and standards, changing people, right. however, especially a class of people such as women to meet the needs of other people is another thing entirely. Um, and then they talk about the second reason is the fact that Daryl's mate needs to be uglier than like the average girl. Um, a revived dead woman, even one injured in a car crash would be willing and able to live her own life. They want a woman who will feel compelled to stay put in the world they've created for her. And so they give her in effect a disability, much like the Chinese tradition of foot binding. Um, yeah. As Daryl says to Cordelia later on, and when you're finished, you won't go out, you won't run away, but we can hide together. He's turning a human being into a means mm. of his own end. And I thought that was a really like interesting point or both of those points are interesting because like this episode is clunky in the way that it goes about it. But I think it's trying to convey that some men see women as objects of desire and that you can't just... Um, make a dream girl and that's not okay. And that this thought it was a really interesting point. Yeah. Then that's awesome, Sarah. Like, or even just the fact that even though they quote unquote chose Cordy for the head, it still wasn't Cordy that he was choosing. It was yeah, an right? aspect about her. Like she was like really into him. And yet again, he chose her, but it wasn't really Cordy he was choosing. It was just, yeah, it was just a face. pretty face. Yeah. Yep. It's also just like one of those things where I think that. Um, men and also women can fall in this too, but I think it's, they want this ideal woman and they want this idea of a woman and it's like, oh, I want this girl's butt and this girl's boobs and this girl's mm -hmm. face. And, and it's, mm -hmm. it literally, it becomes like build a bear. Like they get For to real. just like, yeah, right. do whatever they want. And it's like, no, like 
that's not what real genuine love is. That's not what real genuine care yeah. is, is like you yeah. love that person imperfections and all. And like yeah, the absolutely. fact that he's just like making a sim is kind of creepy. So then back in the library, they're like, okay, so we need to figure out which girl they're going after. And Buffy's like, all right, we need to split up. And Giles is like, um, but I, I have a date, which you could tell Buffy's a little annoyed with. Yeah, because she's like, Giles, how many times have I had a date? And I exactly. or I had something to go to and you said the mission was more important. Um, which is just very funny because you can just see that Buffy's just more understanding and she's like, Oh, fine, we'll meet you at the, you know, at the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but it's I think it's very cute to kind of put Giles in kind of the teenager role for once. It reminds me of like yeah. Don't Kill a Boy on the First Date, where he's just like, he's yeah. like Buffy, like, but you were just out last night. And she's like, But I wasn't. I wasn't on a date. Like, let me go on a date. <laughs> and you see that with Giles in this episode where he's like, But I have a date. Yeah. Yep. So they agree to meet at the game. And that's when Willow says to Buffy, you know, don't be too hard on Chris. He's not a vampire. And Buffy's like, no, he's not. He's a ghoul. Basically saying he's still evil, even if he is um, not a vampire. Yeah. Um, so then we see Chris's house and Buffy is trying to find out where Chris is. And the mom's still watching games. Um, she even says like, Next week's going to be Daryl's birthday. Like she knows the next week is Daryl's birthday, but she doesn't even like know where her son is. Like Chris, she's so out of touch. So Buffy sees the basement door, finds the pictures and then sees Cordelia's head on top of the picture of the girl. And Daryl's like sneaking up behind her. Then they hear noise up ahead and Buffy gets the information and leaves. Okay. So fun fact, the actress who plays Joy, the girl who um, Buffy asks where Cordelia is, it's the same actress and same girl who played the head cheerleader in The Witch, which is kind of oh, cool. I knew I recognized nice. her. Yeah, I like that they use the same actress. Yeah, yeah, it helps for like continuity. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love how Buffy asks her and the girl's like, ah, why should we talk to you? And Buffy like slams her hand down. Yeah, She's like, dude, yeah. I don't have time for this. It's similar vibes from when she like grabs that that huge vampire with like the swords in her on the hands from Teacher's Pet. And she's just oh, like, yeah. I'm done let's yep. go she's like dude i've been at this for too long yep. i should have been done by now yep when she snaps and she's like i don't care anymore that's like my favorite part yeah of buffy yeah. in general and she's so tiny she's like i'm sorry what did you say yep so this moment where she comes in and cordelia's tied up and the guys are um right there she just like kicks eric like do you guys see that kick it was a massive kick yeah, yeah. i don't know how he got up after that i'd be knocked out yeah i thought about that i was like okay so he doesn't have any superhuman strength nope. how in He's the world scrawny. did he get up and run away unless she was holding back which she might have been it's entirely possible so then she unties cordelia who insists on going I'm, I'm like, Cordelia, dude. I mean, it's nice to see, like, Cordelia really caring about stuff because I feel like a lot of the time she's, like, a little bit more, like, only cares about, like, herself. So, like, it's nice to be like, oh, she's part of a team. Like, you know, that might help her. Mm-hmm. But you're also like, Cordelia, um, someone tried to kill you. Yeah, maybe priorities. <laughs> Normal Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Buffy tries to reason with Chris. She says, look, I know what it's like to lose someone you're close to, but what you're doing is wrong. And I was like, okay, who has she lost? I was thinking that too. I was like, who is it that she has lost that she's talking about? Yeah, I think she's talking about Merrick, which for those of you who haven't seen the movie, Merrick was Buffy's first watcher and he died. Is that like 
canonical? Yeah, that's what I was Yeah, say. it is. Okay, so here's the thing. When Joss wrote the script for the movie, the script is technically canonical, but they changed the script so much, the director of the movie, that it didn't resemble very much of the original draft that Joss mm. put in. So Joss keeps the script as canon, but not everything that happens in the movie is from the script. Oh, okay. Mm. So one of the things from there is the Watcher. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Merrick is canonical. And they say it even in the first season. Buffy talks about how she, she had has a had watcher. a Watcher before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting just hearing callbacks to Buffy's life in LA that we haven't seen before. Yeah. So Chris is like, you need someone. He stood up for me when no one else did. And then the pieces kind of fall into place and Buffy realizes you made Daryl. He's alive. But I also like, I love the fact that Buffy shows empathy. Like she could easily just have wailed on him, not ask any questions and just beat him to a pulp and been like, yeah, like you've done enough harm. But like she chooses to talk with him and understand what's going on and like, And because of that, she's able to, like, later on, like, turn him and, you know, he ends up helping. And so it's, like, Buffy, like, yes, of course, she's a slayer. She has to fight things. But, like, Buffy's intelligent and she's empathetic. And, like, a lot of times it saves people because she chooses to see them as a human instead of just this, you know, evil spirit. And I honestly think that that was mostly due to Willow. I think she took Willow's advice to heart because I don't think Buffy really knew a whole lot about Chris before because you see a lot of interaction between Willow and Chris. So I would imagine that Buffy was doing that. I mean, I think because she has a good heart and does care about people, but I think she was like doing that for Willow. Yeah, I agree. So Daryl is raging in the basement, throwing things and creepy Eric. I don't, I want to know how Eric made it back without, you know, passing out from that drop kick <laughs> or that know. high kick that Buffy gave him. And Eric's like, hey, I'm going to finish this. Chris isn't the only one, which solidifies Eric's creep status in case anybody was still on the fence with that. Yeah. So Buffy and Chris arrive and then realize that Daryl's gone and that they're going to go after Cordelia. And then we go to this game scene. I Ugh love this scene because you have like Giles who comes up he literally looks like he's never (laughs) even seen like what you're supposed to do to game because he just has like fan apparel like and snacks and like all this stuff and you could tell he panicked beforehand oh how do I look like I've been here before I'm gonna buy everything I I'd like to think that he told Jenny hey you can buy whatever you want and they like went to the store and she was like oh I want this and this and he's like okay and he's like buying her everything because he likes her so much and then he carries it all. Well, we know that that she offered to go to dinner beforehand, so they've been hanging out all day. So they could have gone to the store. That's true. That's true. And I yeah. would like to say, Tabby also pointed this out when we were watching it. Miss Calendar or Miss Jenny's outfit. So cute. So cute. She looks amazing. She dressed for a date. She knew where she was going. <laughs> like she looks phenomenal i love her this little outfit. her little belt with her pants are oh so yeah cute and i just like jacket. i love the fact that like of course she's a little older she's the teacher like but i love that they dress her in a way that fits her personality like yeah. when she's on campus teaching like 
of course she looks hot, but like she's also a little bit more appropriately dressed. Mm-hmm. Like she'll wear a skirt. Yeah. Or so. But the fact that like, you know, she's on a date and like she's going to the game, like she dresses more appropriately mm-hmm. and she looks more like herself. And mm-hmm. I just, I love that. Yeah. I love the little glimpses we get into her personality. Yeah. Um, you know, she was talking in the previous episode about how she like went to Burning Man and there was like naked mud wrestling. <laughs> and in this one, she's like really into the football playing and she's talking about how it's like so rugged and yeah. so aggressive. Like, and then Giles is over there snickering. And Giles is just kind of like, oh, she's so kind. <laughs> no, he's like rugged American football because he's thinking about rugby. Yeah. And then he says, I just think it's rather odd that a nation that prides itself self on its virility will strap on 40 pounds of protective gear to play rugby <laughs> like and he's essentially dissing us which is really funny don't blame him because i mean i don't know if you guys have ever looked up clips of rugby from england but it is it's brutal it's wild it's, it's literally football without pads and without most of the rules i just yeah, always think it of is. the episode in friends where like ross is playing rugby with all the english people and he gets his <laughs> But whipped. It's insane and it's intense. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is no joke. So then Miss Calendar is very sly and she's like, oh, you're dissing my nation's pastime on a first date? And Giles is all like, date? I know. Just it looks like he just, this like face lights up. It's so cute. Well, the way she says it, she's like, oh, you caught that, right? Like, oh, like it's she's just so, so, it's so sweet because it's like, she's not taking it back. But she's also making light of it. So when mm-hmm. he brings it up, she's not making him feel silly for like acknowledging it. She's like, oh, dang, you caught me. Like, it's like cute, mm-hmm. you know? And she just, uh, she's yeah. so good for him. I love them yes. so much. Like, she just brings out such like a giddy, like lighthearted, like side of him. And I just, I love it. I love it to death. Yeah. And I love that she's playing with him too. Like, sh- this is her flirting with him. She likes to tease him. She likes seeing him kind of like uncomfortable a little bit, but not like mean uncomfortable. She likes to see him out of his element because I think she thinks it's attractive. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. It's just adorable. And I, but I love that she also kind of puts him at ease as well, too. You know, she gets into his world. Mm hmm. So then Willow and Xander come up and we're like, hey, we checked everywhere. And Giles is like, okay, well, why don't you guys go check over there? And they're like, um, nah. And they just like sit right down and eat their popcorn, crashing their date. Yeah. It's so funny. They're, they're, you could tell they're so uncomfortable, but the kids don't even think anything of it. Giles is very, very clearly bothered by that. Um, so this scene is really sad. Daryl watching from underneath the bleachers. I feel bad for him here. He yeah. obviously didn't want to die. It sucks because like, it's it's a very like Frankenstein type vibe. Like Frankenstein was kind of mm-hmm. like a tortured soul, like our Frankenstein's monster, I guess, if you want me to be, you know, correct. Like we know he what was you mean. Kind of, yeah, he's kind of like a tortured soul and like he very much felt out of place and it was in a world he didn't really ask to be part of. And so I think that that's kind of the vibe that they were going for was like he feels out of place and he's had to be put in this position that he never really asked to be in and he misses his old life. Yeah. Which is normal like anyone would and you feel for him you really do but you're also like bud what you're doing is not okay it's not cool yeah 100 percent. so cordelia gets water daryl snatches her chris and buffy arrive realize okay cordelia's gone and then we see this like disturbing scene of, of cordelia being blindfolded and she's like please take off the blindfold please take off the blindfold i promise i won't scream <laughs> yeah right which nobody believes that says it like four times screams immediately i know what daryl says to her i think is very telling he says you were always kind to me but i ignored you which is kind of like what marcy, marcy yep yeah what cordy did to marcy 
Yeah. And also maybe kind of shows that what Willow was saying earlier about how Cordelia maybe did care about Daryl and then he just didn't care as much about her. Well, yeah, for sure. But then he says like that horrible thing of like, you won't be able to go out. Like you can't go anywhere once this is done. Like, little. Yeah, very creepy. Of course, Cordelia screams when she sees his face. Perfect scream. Oh my gosh. Her scream is like on Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I agree. And then she sees like they pull up the sheet and show her her new body. And yeah, I'd scream too. Oh yeah, easy. Chris does not want to tell Buffy about where the lab is. And Buffy says something that I think is really poignant. I really love what she says. She says, you can't just give and take lives. It's not your job. And I wonder if she's even yep. kind of maybe hinting at herself. She is. too. hundred percent. One hundred percent. She's like, yeah. it's a burden. She's like, and that's not your job. That's mine. Like, leave it to me. Yeah, and you're right, Tabby. It's once again solidifying the line between Slayer and the rest of everybody yep. else. Like, Buffy has a responsibility and a privilege to be able to protect people, but it's also a huge burden. And mm-hmm. that's something that you can see weighs on her. The, well, the way she says it was just like, that's not your job. Like, it's, yeah. it's very much like a reading between the lines. Like, the way she says it is like very much like, it, it's my job, you know? Yeah. So Chris um, says it's at the old science building, um, the old science lab. So they, he, she tells him, go get Willow and Xander. She goes immediately. You see Cordelia trying to bargain, saying, I won't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. I know. Very smart of her. Honestly, I would do the same. Um, and then Eric goes and grabs the knife to slice off Cordelia's head. And Buffy freaking kicks in that door and oh it's so funny gosh. because Buffy is so tiny oh I know but it's also like the scene where like, he throws the knife she catches it it's like yes so BA like Buffy's like in the mm-hmm. room she's like not messing around she's like just let Cordelia go can we fight and get on with it like she's not playing around well last yeah. episode it was a lot more psychological stuff she was fighting other than the last scene where she's like kicking everyone's butt but at her issues. this is the first time you see her really kind of in her fast element based off the first season she's like the stunts are so good yes but yeah like it she's definitely in her element she's a lot faster she's a lot more like agile like she's really a lot faster it's a lot more pleasing to look at yeah yeah so then they fight and they knock over some gas cans eric tries to leave um, but daryl knocks him down is basically like hey we're in this together um, starts a fire and then Xander runs in and Buffy's like, Hey, get Cordelia. And I noted that like, so Daryl picks up Buffy and the fight is really like, it's super interesting simply because the way that they choreographed it, you can tell they were trying to convey how strong Daryl is because you see Buffy, like at one point she's like kicking him repeatedly and he picks her up and she's like flailing in his arms as she's trying to get down And I think it's really cool because I never really thought about how you would choreograph a stunt based upon the villain's powers, if that makes sense. Yeah, it Um, definitely – Like she's uh, not fighting a vampire here. Yeah, it definitely uh, portrays like his strength, which is very cool. It's just a – it's an interesting fight because we've been watching her fight vampires and that seems to just kind of be – A little easier for her. They all kind of fight the same. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You can tell the intense effort that she's putting into this because he's really strong. So yeah. I don't know. I thought that was really kind of cool. So Giles and Willow come in. They grab Eric. And I love that Xander rescues Cordelia here because we've been seeing him kind of like have this love-hate relationship or not love-hate, but like full-on hate relationship with Cordelia <laughs> where he like, you know, makes fun of her and disses her. But when it comes down to it, 
he protects her when they like ride out through the flames. He puts his body over hers to protect her from the flames. And I thought that was really cool of him. Mm-hmm. So I agree. here's your gold star back, Xander. <laughs> I guess we'll give him two for this, you know, specific circumstance. Okay. Yes. He'll probably get them taken away in like the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this specific episode alone, not looking at anything else in the future or last. <laughs> um, but objectively, this has been a good episode for Xander's character. Yeah. And yeah, we need to acknowledge when Xander's character is yes. doing well because he struggles a lot the first <laughs> season. He's extremely up and down. Yeah. Very misogynistic. But yes. this episode was good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that when push comes to shove, he runs in, runs through the fire, yeah. and saves the person that he really, really does, does not, not like. like yep. yep. So this scene is just sad because Daryl sees that the corpse, the girl, is going up in flames, says she's mine, we'll be together. Um, always Chris tries to stop him. Jenny and Buffy hold him back. Yeah. And then the flames just kind of engulf Daryl. Which the, honestly the was kind of a mercy thing because like, Yes. I think he needed to die. You know. And honestly, I think Daryl didn't want to live if he was going to live alone. Yep. I think that once he saw his dream go up in flames, he was like, there's no reason for me to live. I wouldn't either. Yeah. No kidding. Right? This like whole encounter kills me because like you have Jenny and Giles who are like, you know, comforting each other. And she mentions the second date, which is very sweet. But then like Angel comes and he's like, I saw a fire and, you know, I came in to protect you. And you're just like. It's okay, Angel. We see your effort. If you were ever needed, like, you were going to come. And then, like, the one that really takes the cake, though, is Xander and Willow. (laughs) And they're, like, talking. Yeah, and they're talking. They're like, oh, my gosh. I, like, I honestly want to give mad props to Xander in this scene because he sent me. I was dying. (laughs) Because he's just we're never, you know, we're always the ones who end up alone. And, like, Cordelia has this, like, romantic as rom-com Xander, type like movie yes it's very much like a, my i made a mistake let's get back together vibe yeah like yeah. she just was like yeah you saved me and all this stuff and he's like excuse me we're talking and like just completely dismisses <laughs> her and cordelia like her face is just like the audacity of this yeah. man and just yeah, like walks right? away and then like willow is just kind of like Oh, you were saying how we never get to date anyone. And he's like, oh, yes. And he like returns like Cordelia is not even a thought on his mind. And it's just so like funny. It kills me but every single time. I also I forget about this moment because I'm like, wow, good for you, Cordy. She comes up and she you could tell she's very genuine with the way yeah. she says it. She's like, she's like, I just want you to know, like, if you ever need like my help for anything. She's like starting to say that and then they cut her off. She's like so brave, so heroic. If there's yeah. anything that I can. And then he cuts her off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. She's trying to say thank you. Oh, yeah. so funny. Xander's exact quote is, man, everyone has a date. Even the school librarian's getting some. You ever think the whole world is a great big game of musical chairs and the music stopped and we're the only two who don't have a chair? And Willow looks at him and says, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I just, their friendship yeah. is so pure to me. Right. But then Willow's obviously crushing on him. So that you have Willow over here who's like, Xander, like, Xander, I'm all right the here. time, Xander. And then you have all the Cordelia time. over here who's like, wow, Xander, like her eyes have been opened almost. And Xander's and she's like, like, if there's nope. anything I can do. And Xander's like, dang it, why does nobody want me? And she's like, <laughs> all the time, yep. Xander. Uh, all the time. 24 7. Can you guess? Every day. Yep. And then, guys, we have this Stop. I scene. Precious. I literally, like, oh. I know that. 
for people who are new, like, you know, Angel and Buffy at this point, like, are, they're still, like, new. Like, they are still finding themselves and, you know, all this stuff, and we don't know what the future holds for them. Mm-hmm. But even, like, at this point, it just, like, fills my heart so much because, yeah. like, you can see just how much they care yeah. and how much they just desire each other, and it just, like... It breaks my heart that they're just like, oh, you know, I care for you. I could sit here and be as objective and non-spoilery as possible, but (laughs) I'm not going to lie about the fact that I absolutely adore them. I think think that everyone knows at this point, guys. We are hardcore (laughs) bangle shippers in case you didn't know. I I can be objective about most things. Um, I cannot. Not this one. Like, they just... I'm obsessed with them. I love them so much. And their theme starts playing and it just makes my heart melt. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. And you're just like, oh. Angel admits, he goes, yeah, yeah, I was jealous of Xander. And I love that he says he gets to see you in the sunlight. sunlight. And then she like has a cute thing where she's like, I don't look good in like direct sunlight. It's like, yeah. Oh, like trying well, to affirm him. He, well, he even says like he gets to see you like your everyday struggles. He gets to be there for them. Yeah. And I'm like. That's so true, like the small things. Like I didn't even yeah. think about the fact that he won't even see the sun shining through her hair. That's such a simple mm-hmm. thing. Yep. He won't see that. Like <laughs> kills me. And then just the fact of like her just being like, I'll walk you home. Just hold hands. And they walk in through <laughs> yeah. the oh, So cute. It kills me. It literally kills me. Like I don't get oh sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just saying, keep, like, keep I don't going. get like I get emotionally attached to characters for sure. But, like, I don't get so heavily invested that I'm, like, physically, like, I just want them to, like, be okay. Yeah. But, like, when I watch them, too, I'm literally just, like, it's just, last, like, so cute. And it's last so sad. episode hurts me. Not only is she dancing with Xander, which also hurts me on another level. But, yeah, I know. But, like, it embarrasses me for when her. She, when, when, like, Angel and Buffy are going through stuff. I go through it with yeah. them. I'm like, no, don't <laughs> yeah. hurt Angel. No. Yeah. But then I'm also like, don't hurt Buffy. But wait. <laughs> yeah. You guys are so funny. I mean, I feel I echo everything you're saying. It's just funny hearing you guys express <laughs> yeah. what I'm feeling. Yeah. But, I mean, just and then their theme, for those of you who don't know, their theme is called Close Your Eyes. And it's just beautiful. And then he says, I could walk you home and they hold hands and this is beautiful oh. shot of like the mist and the fog going on in the graveyard as so they just cute. walk home it's together. So I mean, I'm obsessed. Oh my word, you guys. But she also says, we, everyone we, else has never seen this show before is like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, they're like, calm is. down, people. It's so cute. <laughs> um, well, uh, we, we pass over the part where she says, love makes you do the wacky, which is what they said earlier. Yeah. So sweet. Theme for the episode, man. Love makes you do the wacky. Mm-hmm. It really does. That's so cute. Perfect ending. Oh, so beautiful. Especially after the last episode, I'm like, thank God. Yeah, they thank needed God. it. <laughs> <laughs> they need a little handhold, you know, a little moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the first episode that you see the acting like a couple. And I think this yes. is yes. them kind of recognizing, okay, we're going to give this a shot. Like, yeah. we can't fight this kind of thing. Yeah. So... Oh, guys, this is so good. So precious. And I forgot how enjoyable this episode is. Mm, it yeah, I do It is too. a little clunky, but it really is enjoyable. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Things. yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this too. Sorry, this is probably going to be a much longer episode than normal simply just because there's a lot to talk about and unpack. But 
Hopefully you guys had a lot of fun listening to us and we want to know your guys' thoughts. What do you think about Bangle? What do you think about some of the other romances shaping up in this episode? Yeah. What do you think about uh, Giles and Jenny? And Jenny, we get to hear her name. I'm obsessed. Um, Real fast, we actually have a special surprise for you guys next episode, which is School Hard, one of Boop. my favorite One of our episodes. favorite episodes. Oh, definitely. my gosh. Definitely a standout episode of season two. Introducing yeah. new characters. Uh, yeah. We won't spoil. There is some good we stuff are coming, you guys. Stoked. Yes. Yeah. And we're going to have, actually, Andrew's cousin, her name is Rebecca Pruitt. She will be joining us next week for School Hard. And Rebecca works in the film industry, and she is a newer Buffy fan. I introduced her a couple years ago. So I'm really excited to hear from her and kind of get her input just kind of a little bit more on the film side of things, but also just as someone who's more recently watched Buffy for the first time, um, her thoughts and feelings. And she picked this episode for a reason. So you guys are definitely going to want to come in for this one. Yeah. So yeah, as always, guys, you can find us becoming Buffy podcast at gmail.com or also becoming Buffy podcast on Instagram. DM us, uh, comment on our posts. Let us know what you thought of this episode and stick around for Scooby secrets. All right, guys. Thanks so much. guys welcome back to a scooby secret section at this point i'm guessing you've listened to our analysis (laughs) of the whole episode so congrats (laughs) you've made it yes um if you've been tuning out this whole time and you're just now listening (laughs) this is the scooby secret final warning yes Yes. final warning before we spoil a ton of stuff i mean not everything but like just so you know this is spoilers for all of buffy every single part of buffy and the show angel yes. so if you've seen yeah. buffy but you haven't seen angel yet log off no you can <laughs> stay if you want to but no you're welcome to stay um just know we will spoil just it. know we will spoil a ton yeah but yeah one of the first things i notice is when they're in the graveyard angel's so weak yeah like yeah right? he like the shovel because i mean once he by the time he's like it's like even probably towards as as soon as he becomes Angelus and then season three, um, and then he goes on to Angel, he's so strong, unbelievably strong. He fights yeah. every type of demon and devil and whatever is there. Sometimes to the point where I'm kind of like, where is Angel getting all this strength? Like I love yeah. him. He gets but like also, stabbed and shot yeah. seven times and he's like, I can still move. Yeah. And then he's um, taken out by a shovel in season two. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I understand. They're still kind of learning things but I, it's such a small thing but i was just like man like they really have not realized who they want angel to be just quite yet yeah and by the end of the season you know he's a full-on sword fight with buffy and she could have yeah. just brought a shovel <laughs> i <Yeah>. know <laughs> buffy could have beaten him so quick okay yep. i don't know if you guys picked this up but when cordy was in the trash bin whatever whatever that is called trash can yeah it's like massive i don't know what those ones are called dumpster dumpster yeah okay, thank you yeah thank you my brain is yeah. How many sisters okay. does it take to figure I'm out what a giant on, dumpster is? I okay. I don't know if you guys got any of these vibes or whatever, but I for a second I like thought it was Angelus. I knew it wasn't, but like for some oh, reason he yeah. seemed kind of creepy. To it was me. a little yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. Angel seems kind of like he didn't really say yeah. anything when she was like, "Oh, Angel, it's you." He just kind of was like, <laughs> yeah, just kind I of like, laughed yeah, a little bit, yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Oh." 
I was like, huh. I, for a second, I I got Angel's vibes. Angel is definitely like very sweet and kind. And he like whenever he's on screen, you kind of have this like warm feeling. Whereas like whenever Angelus is on the screen, it's kind of like you get uneasy because you're just yeah. like, yeah. he just kind of sends a chill down your spine. I don't know mm-hmm, how yeah. David Boreanaz does it. But he just – His he acting it. skills from season one to season Amazing. two is, like, phenomenal. Yeah. Well, and I honestly think, too, that he's a lot more confident and comfortable playing Angelus versus Angel because Angelus is more similar to his own personality. Um, because David Boreanaz <laughs> – I sure hope evil. not. Yeah. Not that he's evil. A psychopathic killer? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just I'm, up my the, alley. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not talking about the fact that he's evil. I'm talking about that David Boreanaz is more of a goofball, mm-hmm. more of a prankster, yeah. more like he laughs and has fun and stuff versus Angel just is very stoic and that's not david Warren yeah is. okay that so, makes a lot more yeah. sense same thing with like oz like seth green he said he had a he says lines so slow yeah but, um i think one of the things i noticed was <laughs> i think they i don't remember if they do this in the later seasons but at least for the first like two to three seasons every single time they introduce a new character they're the villain for the episode Mm. Like yeah, it's true. I mean, I I don't think they're really going for subtlety. It's more about the theme. It's, it's more the about the themes, and it's also just a fact of like they don't have time to introduce all these characters and then like give them character development them. and then have them turn bad exactly yeah. because they do that later on in the show. Yeah. So when Chris is with Willow and they're like doing the science fair, I remember being like, oh, I don't really remember this guy. Like, why is he here? And then it was like it clicked, and I was like, oh. Is the villain? Well, like, I think I think there's some clear reasoning why they did that in the earlier seasons is because. I, we're going to say this so many times, guys. I'm so sorry for the listeners listening to this. There's black and white and there's grays. But later mm-hmm. on, they'll have characters like Anya, like Spike, like Jonathan, I guess. Um, yeah. Warren, Andrew. Andrew. Well, Warren is Even not. Even Dark Willow. Well, Warren's Willow, not gray. But like people that you grow to <laughs> like other than Warren, people yeah. that you grow to like and like enjoy watching yeah. them and then they either do things that are like, ooh, that's not good, or they end up turning out to be a villain yeah. in some sorts. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually, Whereas now it's yeah. like you meet them one episode, they're the bad guy, they die or leave, and then you yeah. move on. That's actually interesting you brought up Warren because this guy, not Chris, the other one. I got vibes from of Warren. Yes. yes. He yes. reminded me of agree. Warren. And I almost slipped up and said it in the non-spoiler mm-hmm. section <laughs> of when Buffy is saying like, ew, he's a gross man. like, And then yep. Willow's kind of like, no, he's a man. It just gave me very like, Warren vibes because yep. like Buffy was just like how can a man do this before Leah had seen the later seasons I told her I was like all of the big bads are really good objectively like really good villains I, I don't know if you remember that Leah but I told her I was like there's a certain villain that just like yeah. I hate like he's just a douchey horrible misogynistic awful person awful <laughs> yeah. human being he just was gross but like this episode was kind of like a like a hint or a taste of what they kind of would expand on in Warren, which is that normal average guy who is just gross. Gross. Yeah. yeah there's mm-hmm. no other word I can use for it. Mm-hmm. I um transitioning a little bit also got kind of some ripper vibes from Giles a little bit. Mm. Just the way he had his jacket yes, over his shoulder. Yes, oh. I agree. I agree. As soon as he saw that, I was like, I know that they have already written in the Ripper storyline. Yep. You seem kind of loosening up. Yeah, and you can tell that they're kind of shaping him up to be multidimensional. They're shaping his storyline a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And you know, like what you said, Leah, they have the Ripper storyline in place already. Oh, yes. 100%. Which was the best decision 
for Giles Absolutely. ever. Yeah. I wish they had given yeah. him more, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I Arguably wish, way more. I wish they had done a flashback episode. Yes, I was about to say that. Oh, my gosh. Just one. I wish, yeah. I wish they had done yeah. a whole show. But, like, I think that mm-hmm. we should have been given just one episode Amen. to see what Giles was like back then. Like, I just. How cool. That would have been so cool. Like, what if he ran into, like, a Slayer and didn't even know it at the time? Oh my goodness. There were plans. They had everything in line to make a Ripper show. They were going to call it Ripper. That pisses me off. Um, I would have yeah, so and it just fell through. Ugh. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is love makes you do the wacky. I feel like could be the tagline for the entire season. 100%. Because Angel and his whole passion speech and everything, it just feels a lot yeah. like. And we, we've, we mentioned this in the last episode. Um, but the theme for this season is becoming, becoming who they are, becoming the person that is for Buffy, that's for Angel, that is for mm-hmm. Giles. Willow. I mean, Gi- yeah, Willow's like Willow's starting to do witchcraft, mm-hmm. and so this whole season, because we we talk about you know what we think the overall theme of each season is, and we kind of went back and forth because the season has a lot of things that it deals with. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think this season really is quintessential becoming of who you are. Um, and it really mm-hmm. is the foundation of that because mm-hmm. the whole show is really Buffy becoming herself and becoming the Slayer. We also see a little bit of the first seeds planted for the Xander Cordelia romance. Yep. yep. I And we'll get into this later, so I don't want to get into it too much. But I hold firmly to the position of I don't think that Xander ever truly loved Cordelia. I'd agree. Um, Amen to that, yes. And I, I think it's nuance. I think he cared for her, but I yeah. don't think he loved her. Yes. I yeah. think that Cordelia fell for him hard. Yes. And so I think oh, yeah. in, this, in this episode, you see the first seeds of her being like, hey, Xander, and Xander being completely oblivious. Mm-hmm. And also him talking about how people yep. don't want the attainable. I wrote they that in the there. Yes. yes. I feel like that's his relationship with Cordelia. Once mm-hmm. she became attainable, he didn't want her anymore. Well, and then um, he, and then all of a sudden Willow seemed out of his reach. So she mm-hmm. was in his eyes, the shiny new yep. object yep. because she had this yep. newfound confidence. She had yep. a boyfriend. Oh, I, I hate that storyline so much. I'm like, yep. Xander, you yeah. are the worst. And I think yeah. that is something that kind of plagues Xander up until Anya really is yep. like, mm-hmm. he is attracted to anything that seems new and shiny. Yep. So it's like, at first it was Buffy, then it was Cordelia, then it was Willow, still kind of Buffy though. And then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, Faith's here. So maybe yeah. it's Faith. And then it's, mm-hmm. oh, but still kind of Buffy. And then it was like, oh, you know, Anya's kind of new. I guess I'm kind of interested in that. But like, it's it's really there until he really falls in love with Anya. And it's the mm-hmm. first time he falls in love. And that's when yeah. you kind of see that change in him of him being like, no, I want Anya. I want a love. I don't want mm-hmm. whatever's new, whatever's yeah. next. And he does grow up. He does change. Yeah, absolutely. He does make strides. It's just the first few seasons that it's just a really frustrating to see him being so hypocritical. Yes. Um, and I think that's the worst part is hypocrisy is irritating, you know? And then um, Miss Calendar, Jenny, finally have her name. Oh my gosh. We've been saying oh it goodness. like for forever. She's just not a Miss Calendar. I can't do it. I can't sit here and make <laughs> Miss Calendar and Giles. It's Jenny <laughs> and Giles. Wouldn't their ship name just be Giles? Yeah, pretty much. With a J. <laughs> or, yeah, with a J. Or, or it'd be Jenny or Ginny or like there's yeah. there's nothing that's going to work here. Gileney. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, that's cute. Gileney. A couple things I want to talk about is as sweet as Jenny and Giles' relationship is, knowing that Jenny 
was sent there to kind of keep an eye on the Slayer, it kind of does taint a little bit. Like I know we all know that Jenny does care for Giles, but oh, yeah. I wonder if in the beginning it was kind of a motivation to stay close to the Slayer by being with Giles too. I, you know, I hadn't I even thought about that. I've th- I've thought about it, and I think that it it might have been, but I think what was more likely was like, oh, he's kind of cute. I guess I'll casually date him, and yeah. you know, it might help. That he's with the Slayer, but like I think it was just more of kind of like yeah, sure. And then she didn't expect to really fall for him. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was. Well, she says that in Passion, she goes, yep. "I never thought that I'd fall in love mm-hmm. with you." So like, it, I think it did start out as a, and that's why you see her like pursuing him more mm-hmm. because she's like got to stay close. But I think that there also is like she does care for him. Too, oh, absolutely. You know? Not yeah. trying to take away from that. Yeah, no, there's right. not um, a doubt in my mind, but that by the time she mm-hmm. dies, like she is fully in love with yeah him. Um. This also reminds me of the episode Forever. I think it's what it's called. It's the one after the body where they reanimate yeah. Joyce. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have Joyce kind of coming back as that zombie. So in that vein, I read this interesting question. Somebody was like, so Daryl was brought back to life scientifically, not magically, which is an important distinction to make because in seasons five and even six, Volterra and Willow say to Dawn, no, we cannot bring back Joyce because she died by natural um, means. So apparently you can be brought back scientifically, not magically. But I mean, Mm. even you see him like it wasn't him. Well, yeah. So then here's leading into my next thing. So if he's brought back scientifically, not magically, does that mean his soul doesn't come back? I don't think so. I think that it's probably just his, I think it's like a zombie. Like it really is. Like it's his body and it's maybe his memories, but I don't think it's him. Well, because even still he was twisted. He was very twisted. Yes. That would make sense why Mm -hmm. he was like willing to murder a girl, why Mm -hmm. he's willing to do all of that stuff Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have a soul. Yep. So I wonder if, I mean, I think Joyce was obviously brought back magically, but I wonder if we would have seen something very similar. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like the show dances around the bringing back someone thing, but it's, they're never quite right. Yeah. And speaking of that, we have the last scene where Chris is talking to Buffy and he says he knew Daryl didn't want to be brought back. He's saying, I was just looking out for him. And that reminds me of like Buffy. Yeah. Buffy didn't want to come back, but Willow was just thinking, man, Willow yeah. or Buffy's probably in a hell dimension. We got to save her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only have like two like small things left, but um, one of them was when she talks to, I don't remember wh- who she's talking to when she says that you can't just take lives like that. It's not your job. Oh, Buffy to Chris. To Chris. Okay. Um, I just got like major like flashbacks or flash forwards, I guess, to Faith. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, you can't take lives as not your job, but it, it's it's a different meaning to that. It's like yeah. your job is to mm-hmm. protect people by getting rid mm-hmm. of things that don't have a soul. You're not a killer. Yeah. She even yeah. tells You're that to You're not judged during ex- executioner. She was like, we're not killers. Slayers are not killers. Yeah. Um, and there is a huge distinction. Yes. Yep. Um, even like Angel says, she's got a taste of blood now. But yeah, I just got like huge faith vibes. But mm-hmm. it just twists the words of it, and it means something totally mm-hmm. different because yeah. it's like, guess yeah. our job. It does seem like it would be taking life, but it's it's not. Like the demon took the life of the person. We're just yeah. getting rid mm-hmm. of the demon. Yeah. We're not taking lives. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is. I mean, it's very sad. But um, <laughs> when Angel mentions like, oh, like 
That was my last point. Yeah, I think I know what you're about like, to say. Oh, like, I never get to see you in yep, the sunlight. Yep, yep, and I then, wrote that down. Oh. And that stupid episode that literally tears oh. out my soul and heart in Angel. He saw her in oh, the sunlight. He's like, guys, oh, I mean, man. most, like, I don't know. I I don't cry a ton. Like no. I I'm not like I'm I'm an emotional person, but I'm I'm not very emotionally expressive. Like I don't cry in front of people. When I Leah tell sobbed. you, when Leah I sobbed. saw this, like, and I don't cry. Like the only movie I've ever cried in is Dirty Dancing. Judge me all you want, but that's the only movie I've ever cried in. <laughs> and, like I've and then I cried in one other show besides this one. But I when I tell you when I saw Angel walk out and like he was able to see her in the sunlight and he walked I, out to her. Sob. Okay, and it those of you who so haven't sad. Okay, guys, if you are a Buffy super fan and you have not seen yes. Angel or I will remember yes. you specifically in season one. Go watch it. St- click off this, go watch it right I, now. Guys, I'm embarrassed to say that I saw that episode not even a year ago. And I've been a Buffy fan for like six years. I cannot believe that yeah. I've gone yeah. this long without seeing it. And I I will say it'll break it your is, heart. I it's, it's ironically Ironically, best. it is the probably the buffiest and angelist yep. episode ever. 100%. And it's on Angel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like it is a little bittersweet because it's like, oh, that episode kills me. But it's also like Angel got to see her in the sunlight. And they live happily ever after. So. But <laughs> Leah in denial. Um, <laughs> I'm not in denial. But <laughs> absolutely not. Angel, like, he never gets to win one. And yeah. even though he has he carries the quote unquote burden of that day, I feel like in he, a way, it was a win for him. And in a way, like, it kind of had some closure because he yeah. was like, we, she would have chosen me. We would have been together if this was the outcome. And I can live my life knowing that, you know? Yeah. But they get together in the end, so it's okay. <laughs> She's yep. cookie dough waiting, you know, to yeah. be done. Her cookie dough is big. So my last thing that I wanted to say is the angel and puppy theme. Close your eyes. From freaking. We all know. Oh, that kills me. It kills me. We all know. It kills me. What it's building up towards. Yep. I I could cry. So sad. So much. I hate it. I I hate it. it. I hate it. It hurts so good. No, literally. (sighs) So much pain. So much pain coming for these people. This show, I've never felt as much pain and happiness and tears and like satisfaction and frustration than I have in one show. It makes you feel every single emotion all at once. I'm like, yay, really they're happy. Does. Oh my gosh, someone's dying. I've, the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen Leah cry three times while watching something. One of them, Dirty Dancing, which I showed her. I have to take credit for that. And then in, uh, what episode in Buffy did you cry in? You know. Oh, you know what? You cried um, at the episode where like Sarah hyped it up too much towards the end of season five in Angel and you thought Buffy was going to be <laughs> in it and we just saw the back of her head. <laughs> I didn't hype it up. I was fearing. It was more frustration. Lee was I like, was, are you kidding me? I was me? beyond angry at the end of Angel. I didn't um, hype it up too much, guys. I was very clear Buffy does not come back. No, I like, know. But like, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> the, the, end of, the end of Angel makes me irrationally angry. Um, so Just yeah. step away from it in a couple of years. Go back and watch it again. I think yeah. you'll have a fresh perspective on it. But. I don't think so. But, you know, maybe. We'll I hope think, for the best. I think they try to screw with us and like the Sean Shu prophecy for Spike when everyone knows it it's would be Angel. Angel. 100%. Yes. Yeah. And then he goes and marries Buffy and they live happily ever after. <laughs> Everything is all well. And she's not the only Slayer. It's literally perfect. It's like, perfect. This yep. is already set up for them. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that's pretty much <laughs> it for our spoiler section. Yeah, I, I think that is the most tangent we've gone on. <laughs> <laughs> we said it wasn't going to be 
very long. I'm like, and we yeah. went on so I'm like, in yeah, conclusion, exactly. uh, Buffy and Angel are now having three kids, and their grandchildren are going to love each other and <laughs> their whole genealogy. No, thanks for listening, you guys. And a reminder again: next week we are going to be talking about school hard whoop, whoop. with. Oh, yes. Yes, Rebecca Pruitt is going to be joining us this time, and which I'm really Spike. excited about. And oh, Spike I'm is so here, you guys. And Drew, I, I adore her character. Yep. She is yes. amazing. Yep. I love Spike. Yep. I'm and most stoked. importantly, the death of the annoying one. Oh, yes. so, much, so much to look forward to. So much. <laughs> exactly. He dies so anticlimactically, and I feel like that's the best it's way perfect. to kill him all. It's perfect. He gets <laughs> the perfect yeah. ending. Quick and easy. Yep. <laughs> Oh, my word. You guys are funny tonight. <laughs> Anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it was long, but hopefully it was fun to listen to. As always, you can find us at Becoming Buffy Podcast on Instagram or Becoming Buffy Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about all of this. There's a lot to unpack. But yeah, we'll see you guys next time. And I think that's it. Bye, guys. Bye.